Smut Kittens. We are your co-hosts, Hallie and Taylor, and we have another fantastic episode of Let's Talk About Smut. For all of our smut kings and queens out there, before we get started, let's check in and get a literal temperature check on our co-host, Taylor. How are we doing over there, buddy? I am doing swell, Hallie. I a little um, sick? <laughs> just a little. I unfortunately uh, have gotten COVID, me and my the husband Rona. both. So Same. I am on day 11 of quarantine. So I don't think you understand how great it is to have some virtual human interaction. <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> it's been a tough time in our two bedroom and one and a half bath <laughs> with all your animals <laughs> with our four animals <laughs> you you are ready for today i'm super excited to be here <laughs> so we have a lot to get to today but before we jump in here's a little refresher for our new listeners on what to expect from this podcast each episode Taylor and I will dive into a new deliciously smutty book. The beginning of the episode will be spoiler-free. We will give you our general overview of the book and our thoughts on if we liked it, hated it, five-star ratings, spice ratings, and address any trigger warnings for the book and the episode. We will then give you one last spoiler-free warning before we get into the book breakdown where we will discuss beginning to end what the book is about, some of the themes covered, and of course, all the spice. If you listen past the spoiler-free beginning, we are assuming you have read the book or you don't mind spoilers and want to listen along as we talk about sex and these amazing stories. So are you ready, Taylor? I'm ready. <laughs> Without further ado, let's get started. All right, so last week we covered Buttons and Lace. If you haven't listened to that episode, please go listen to it if you've read the book. It's an amazing episode. But this week we are doing Punk 57 by Penelope Douglas. I feel like the book really needed that too because I've seen this book all over book talk, all over my Instagram. Everyone's loving it. I'm loving it for Penelope Douglas. She wrote this book like I think five or six years ago and all of a sudden it's having this like new resurgence of everyone reading it. So I'm pumped. I love this book. And she honestly is just such a queen in her delivery of these books. Um, Hallie and I will get into it a little bit, but this was my first bully romance read. So for it to be one of Penelope Douglas's books and to be my first, there's lots of things that I hope you agree with Hallie, but I think you might be a little upset with me. Yeah. So unlike last episode, we have not discussed this book and our reactions to it or the content of it in any way. So this is most likely going to be a two-part episode um, book because I just have a feeling we have a lot to discuss because we haven't discussed it at all, which is something we never do. I know. We're usually on the phone, uh, FaceTime, carrier pigeon, uh, text message, <laughs> um, however we feel to get our feelings across about a book. We usually tell each other. So like Callie said, this is live reactions. Um and just hold on, guys, because it's going to be a wild one. <laughs> I have a feeling Taylor and I are going to really, uh, I don't even know, not disagree, but I feel like there's going to be some passionate conversations about this book because I don't I think even we're know gonna what to heads. expect from you. I think like, we're I have no heads. clue what your thoughts are on this. So it's going to, all of this is going to be in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to get you all that. <laughs> so, like, shut up. <laughs> so, Taylor, just from a general overview point of view, tell me, what were your thoughts, spoiler-free, 
on this book. And if you don't like it, I don't want to talk to you. Oh, um, just kidding. Just kidding. And call. No, I'm kidding. Uh, and we're no. done. <laughs> I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised about my overview. I did think it was a five out of five book for me. Whoa. I know. This is good. I this know. This is giving I me did. some hope. There is some, there are some things though. I'm giving it a five out of five for the story plot itself. It is such a page turner and you get wrapped up into these kids' lives so quickly. But I will say it was really hard for me to place them in high school. So five out of five book, they could have been young adults to me in college. And I think maybe it wouldn't have been as hard for me to place what all the things that were going on. But yeah, five out of five, five out of five. I think that's a pretty good point though. Like I think a lot of people who read smut and romance, anytime there's like a high school age to the book, either it can go really good or I've read some that's like, this is so unrealistic of like what actually people are dealing with in high school. And I think a lot of readers have kind of this like weird, they kind of like high school romances, but a lot don't because of that reason you're talking about. Sometimes the subject matter can just get a little too out there. It's like these kids are not, I was not doing this in high school. (laughs) Right. And I can say in, in this story, I was doing some of these things in high school. So it was easy for me to place. But I think um, it was just – I didn't want to deduct points from a great story just based on that one thing because I don't think that's yeah. fair to the queen herself yeah. and or these characters. And, like, the overall themes of the book to Are me were – but they were very relevant to high school. Like, the struggles that these characters oh, go yeah. through, especially Ryan. Like, that was us – I mean, I imagine. Like, we can all agree that – we'll get into it. But, like, Ryan in high school, like, I – was so relatable to her. I'm sure you were. <laughs> I was. I was. Like, I will say before we get started, like, Ryan in this book, what I love that Penelope does that a lot of people don't is that when, especially romance readers, you're always, like, cheering on the heroine of the story. Like, you see that, the good things in yourself and that character a lot of the times. But Penelope in this book takes Ryan, and Ryan's not easy to love in this book, especially in the beginning. She's kind of a little shit. Like, she's not... I mean, she's a good person, but yeah, I think it's just not a great person in the beginning. (laughs) No. And I think it's exactly what you said. It's, it's relatable within being in high school because I felt like, and like, I know we're already getting ahead of ourselves. I knew this was going to happen, but the theme of it all and how you can relate to a character that's in high school because you did the bad things that she did. Like, you know, we, we root for this, like the heroine, right. But we're rooting for the bad things that she did being like, maybe I wasn't that bad of a kid. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it's very interesting. And again, this is spoiler free, but like you definitely have that theme of like, I think all high schoolers go through is who am I and how am I going to figure out a way to be better because that's such a hard thing to do in high school. You're always just thriving on what your friends around you were doing. And it's really hard to kind of do the right thing if the popular kids aren't doing the right thing. Like that's why I think I just really love this book. And I also gave it five stars out of five. I will ride or die for this book. Surprise, I surprise. love it. I know, but like, <laughs> God, this book, I don't have a lot of five out of fives, but this is a five star rating for me for sure. What about your spice rating though? 
Oh, so I have to go back to this high school part of it. And because I'm a soft ass bitch, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, straight up, I'm like, I, I think that I'm a freak in the sheets and I'm probably so fucking vanilla. And if what you're thinking this is freaky, then yeah, you're, uh, it wasn't oh like, it, to me right now, it was like a 4.5 of that. And I think it's because. When I was reading their sex scenes, I was imagining my sex life in high school and being like, oh, wow, I was a spice queen. What happened? Like, I was I was laying it on them. And now, sorry, I think Steve. it's that, like, bully <laughs> aspect for you that you're, like, really new to of, like, yes. the, like, meanness. Like, Which we'll have to talk about because, my God. Like... And see, I was the complete opposite. Like, I gave this three and a half out of five chili peppers. I'm sure that was more accurate. Again, I'm weak. But again, I didn't put that spice rating into, like, a high school context. I did it, like, across the board. Okay, then but across the board. if I was a high schooler, like, just starting out with my sexual journey and I read this book, I would be like, woo! And I think I still am a high schooler starting oh. on my sexual journey, so. And now we're going to get into how I'm so deep and dark and Taylor's all rainbows and butterflies. Buckle up, listeners. This is going to be a good one. I can already tell. All right. So before we get started with the book breakdown, I'm going to run through trigger warnings. Unlike our last book, which I think had every every trigger warning under the sun, um, the ones that I chose for this book were bullying, sexual assault, drug overdose, and abandonment. If you have abandonment issues um, or triggered by abandonment things, then probably maybe not the best book for you or this episode. But always check the trigger warnings online. Make sure I didn't miss anything. I don't want people to take my word for it, read this book, and then, you know, be upset about it. So I think that's all I have before we get into our book breakdown. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, guys, it is time for the book breakdown. The time has come, Taylor. We are now officially going to share our thoughts on this book. And I, I have wait. so much anxiety to speak about this book with you. I just like don't know where it's going to go at all. I don't either, and I'm really scared. And I think if you like say one negative thing, I'm just going to I know. I think you're going to like end the call and the podcast is over forever. <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> All right, so this book has multiple point of views between Ryan and Misha. And let's just talk about their characters here for a minute. Ryan is this cheerleader, popular girl. She's very insecure. She's very confused about who she is as a person, right? Right. Then we have Misha, who is this loner, artistic, moody musician who is – very, very sure of himself and who he is and doesn't really give a fuck about what anybody else thinks of him. No, he thinks, I think he like is a like emo band boy to me. Oh, I like, love it. He's like, like oh. taking back Sunday, sitting in the class by himself. You're scared to talk to him because he might pull out a knife on you. That kind of guy. I mean, I'm just... I, I love it. I mean, this was like in <laughs> high school. Is, this is Hallie's morally boy. gray high school boy. Like, this is everything I want in a man, especially in my high school version of myself was like, oh my God, this was like, 
You know that? Oh my god, what was that band with Pete Wentz? Shit. Uh, Fallout Boy. Fallout Boy. He is like the Pete Wentz of like my high school. Like I loved Pete Wentz, and this is Misha for me. I wish but everyone could see my face right now. <laughs> like, Pete, <laughs> yeah, Pete Wentz, Dream Boy. Okay, okay, okay. Let's do fan casting right here. Let's just set the record straight as we move forward. Oh Who my God! Is I your Ryan. Want... Who is your Ryan? Madeline Klein, Outer Banks. Ew. What? Are you kidding me? Oh my god. That is who I okay. That I, is the last person I was ever gonna guess that you would say. But you have to think she's in high school and how like she is in the show just resonated Ryan to me. How she okay. She okay. went okay. from kook, she went from a kook to a pogue, but okay. she's still a kook. And okay. she, yeah, okay. And she looks like she she looks how Ryan would look. You know it. Sarah Cameron is blonde. Ryan is brunette. She but okay. is not. I'm going to send you pictures. She's light brown hair. Okay. Thank you. Well, my Ryan <laughs> is, I actually struggled with Ryan for a long time. And then one day I was watching, I forget what the movie's called. It's on Netflix. It's a great movie. Oh, but great. Thank you for the recommendation. Zoe, you're welcome. I can't even tell you the name, but it was a great movie. <laughs> Zoe Deutsch. Deutsch. How do you say her last name? Zoe. Dutch? Deutsch? Dutch? Hold on. I'm- because in this particular movie, she is like light brown hair. She's in high school. Like it, I'm going to put, we're, of course, we're going to post our fan cast on our Instagram. But this like particular thing, like look that Zoe has going on to me is Ryan. And when I post the picture, I think you'll agree. I'm, no, I'm looking at her right now. I mean, I feel you. It's, and it at was least I didn't have the response again, of like you. I was watching. It was just like, <laughs> Is that Ryan? I think it is. I feel like I've watched that movie too. Okay, we're. It's like she died. <laughs> like she keeps reliving the same day that she like oh, died. Oh yes, yes. Uh-huh. I and her best that. friend on the movie reminds me of like Lila in the books. So. And I would never be able to tell you that Netflix movie, but I also did watch it. Um, who is your Misha? Because TikTok oh, already has a Misha. They have. Theirs. I can't remember his name, but we posted him before. But like TikTok has like designated this like influencer as Misha, but well, I don't I'm really say see him as that. He is. Yes, he is. But I don't see him like that. Um, I'm gonna butcher his name and then what he goes by. So he goes by Andy Biersack. Andy Black. Andy Black. Yes. Okay. You know that a lot of fans of this book cast him as Misha. Like I'm a lot. so happy about that because I did. I didn't do my usual shit that you hate where I go and I'm like, I, <laughs> yeah. I like take an actor and I take what they say, book characteristics, and I'm like, grunge actor. <laughs> <laughs> On your Pinterest board, bad boy aesthetic. <laughs> bad boy with tattoos. Rock no, star, moody aesthetic. Because he was, he's like, um, he was with uh, Black Veil Brides. Yes. So I do know that band. So I was like, oh, that could, how he acts. And if you watch his music videos and we'll post some pictures of how I feel like he looks because he, I mean, he does. He gives me Misha vibes. I can I can go with that just because that vibe like is Misha Andy like all of it together but Andy Black's particular like face I just want in my mind Misha is like hotter 
here, I'm not going to like, um, you know, sit there. But and you're going to go hate mine. Sleep. You're going to hate mine. Oh, okay. Tell me. I don't it's Jacob Elordi. What the fuck? Howie? But, no, listen. Picture like Jacob Elordi in Euphoria where he's like really mean, but put him with like black longer hair and tat him up and give him a lip, lip ring. I, I know. Maybe. I I'm just, just a Jacob Elordi stan. Like, I, I know. Think, so you're oh. like, how can I place him in any book we read? Um, I know, right? But, but <laughs> He's literally in every book that I read. But I will say, like, I, I could see where you're going. I just did not imagine Misha that tall. Like, I just don't – like, that, this towering figure. Like, yeah. he's tall, but I don't imagine him as this towering figure. Yeah, Jacob. I think it's like – again, I go back to Euphoria because that's whenever he is, like, this mean asshole <laughs> – and he's like not really buff, but he has muscles and he's tall and he's lean, kind of dangly. Like, I think that's where I was going with it. And he's like doing weird stuff at home. So, Misha probably does some weird, <laughs> weird shit stuff at, home. at home. So, yes, I agree. Okay. Okay. The Misha, your Misha was great. I'm Thank you. On the fence about I just want Ryan, everyone but. to know, listeners, that is the first time, and I'm so glad it's recorded, <laughs> that Hallie has complimented me on a fan cast. Okay, not true, because Massimo. we agreed, Massimo. Okay, that's fine. But that was like... Clearly the girls, though. We do not agree on girls, though. <laughs> no. We're not going to get into okay. the <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. Now that we have our fan cast out of the way, we will post those on Instagram probably today, honestly. Yeah. And... Now that we have our faces in our heads out there, we can move on with the story. And the story opens with Misha. And we meet Misha, who is sitting in his car before he's about to go to his band's scavenger hunt at the warehouse. They're having a scavenger hunt to raise money for their summer tour that they want to go on. I mean, God, so cool. Like, oh, fucking sick, bro. Please. And as he's sitting in this car, He's kind of writing music, and as he's writing music, he's reading a letter from his seven-year-long pen pal, Ryan. Ryan and Misha have been pen pals since fifth grade, and they got paired because they don't go to the same school. They're like, they live like one town separately, yeah, like separated from each other, like 30 minutes away, but their schools did like these pen pal programs, and they paired Misha and Ryan because they thought Ryan, with her name, was a boy. (laughs) And we find out, of course, that Ryan Trevorrow is, in fact, a girl. And at first, they, like, kind of don't really like each other in their letters, but they end up realizing they both have parents that had separated in the past. And so they kind of bond over this, like, you know, Misha's mom left him when he was two, and Ryan's dad left her when she was four. And so they have this relationship that started this really good friendship. trauma bonding. Yeah, exactly. Just trauma bonding. And they've written... For seven years now. And they've never seen pictures of each other. They have Facebook, but like this isn't whenever like social media is what it I is. I imagine today, right? this is when we were in high school, Hallie. Like I really I, do, I do too. I, like we just had yeah, Facebook and that was yeah, it. We just had it and it, you know, that's what's needed. That's what I think. Yeah. So I, I agree. So they've they've kind of agreed to never really meet or look into each other further because as the book goes on, they really rely on each other in these letters. I mean, they are very, very close. They, they need these letters for different reasons. 
and they just don't want to ruin it. They don't want to meet and then like everything change and they don't live up to the standard they have for each other in their heads, right? So they've agreed they're never going to meet or at this point they're not. They're not going to look at each other on social media. And we find out that Misha uses her as kind of like his muse for his music. Right. And all of his songs are kind of written around these letters that they share with each other. And this one particular letter that he's reading in the beginning is you kind of get this glimpse of Ryan and she's talking about how she feels like she's unwanted and she's shamed by the cool kids at her school. And she's wondering how it feels to be the popular cheerleader. And does the cheerleader ever feel lost or insecure? Which is something I think we all experience. I was a cheerleader. I felt lost and insecure. I was a cheerleader for one year. (laughs) 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 And (laughs) that didn't work out. (laughs) I was like, fuck this shit. These people are way too happy for me. But I love this line that she shares, and it ends up kind of like giving Misha this song that ends up being a big deal in the whole book. But she's like, I guess not. Narcissists don't have insecurities, right? Must be nice. I just love that. I really do. Like, you get this whole in-depth view of Ryan in this letter. You haven't even met her yet. No. But you already relate to her. It's sad. And I will tell you, like, there were so many times where, like, yes, I loved everything. But just watching them both go through these high school struggles, like, it took me back. And, Hallie, I don't know if it did for you as well. But, like, it took me back to these times where I was like, Oh man, you know, I was like, I remember when this, what that, when someone would say something to me was the biggest thing ever. And it just destroyed me. And that's like, I wanted a pen pal, man. I know my <laughs> school never had a pen pal program, didn't have but anything. I know that schools did do it, but I'm like, yeah, I want, I want a pen pal now. Like, for what is life. it like paper, Johnny paper, Tommy, where they, yes. Would pa- yes. I don't yes. know what his name is. Paper, Michael. <laughs> I want a pen pal now just for my life. Like I there is I definitely am. an allure here to never having to meet someone face to face or know anything about them. But it's like, you're writing in your journal, but then your journal writes back to you and like gives you all this insight, which. Yeah. And it's, it's unbiased. It's like therapy. Like they don't know you. Like you can be whoever you want. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I just love this premise of the book. I think it is just oh, amazing. All right. Anyways, so he's in his his car, being all loner and like moody, and reading letters and writing music. And his band starts calling him, and it's like, "Get your butt to the warehouse. Like you have to be here." You're the hot one of the band. All the girls want to see you. We need you. (laughs) And he's like, fuck this. I don't want to be seen. So on his way to the warehouse to meet the band, he sees his little sister, Annie, who's only, I think, like a year or two younger than him. Yeah. It's not. She's in high school. I know that. She is in high school, but she is younger. Like, not by far. Yeah. He sees Annie running on the side of the road in the middle of the night. (laughs) And he pulls over to do what most big brothers do. And he gets onto her about running in the dark all alone with her headphones in and how she's going to get kidnapped and all this stuff. But through this interaction, we find out Annie is 17 years old. She makes straight A's. She's a part of all the clubs. She like works a job. She's very, what I imagine, like the type A student that like was involved in everything, super smart, all this stuff. But he kind of goes on and tells her like she looks worn down. She's got bags on her eyes. Her cheeks are sunken in. She just looks really exhausted. She looks like shit. Yeah. And so Misha's kind of like worrying about her and like, oh, she's doing too much. 
He then confronts her about taking money out of his wallet. And because we know where this book goes, this is why I'm, as I reread it, I was like, oh, all these little clues were here, you know? Mm -hmm. So he confronts her about taking money out of his wallet. It's happened a couple times. But she just kind of says, oh, it's for a science project that I'm working on. And he kind of just lets it go. I mean, I immediately jumped to drugs. Like I, I did too. I, I did, did too. Like, there was no like, I wanted to be like, guys, it's drugs. I know. <laughs> Every time. It's we drugs. were in high school. We know what this drugs. looks like. <laughs> so that's kind of what we get out of that first interaction with them. And after following her to her car, he leaves her with the promise that he's going to bring her some snacks from the gas station after his, snacks. after his scavenger hunt. And she, you know, gets in her car and so he goes to the party. And at the warehouse, I love this. I love this. I never this did anything this cool in high school. No, me either. That's why I love it. I'm like, and it's yeah. a public school. Well, you went to public school, Hallie, right? I did. I did. Yeah. And I went to a private Catholic school. We thought we were cool, but we were never as cool as the public school kids. Like even no matter how hard we tried. We <laughs> didn't have like an abandoned warehouse we went to, but we did have this place called The Pines. And it was in the middle of nowhere. You had no cell phone service once you got out there. It was a big open field. And the thing about the pines is that the way you had to get you had to get out there in a truck. So we'd all load up in our friends' trucks who'd get us out there. The thing about it is that no, like the cops couldn't get out there because you would always get stuck. Like you had to have four wheel drive or like you were not making it in and out. The country boy or bus. <laughs> Literally. So like we would all go to the pines and like be really cool and like drink and party and yeah, we didn't have. I wish we had a warehouse though. That this sounds really cool. Yeah, we. I mean, we had the same thing where we would like do field parties and stuff because Hallie and I both grew up in the South. In Redneckville, uh, that's what we did. <laughs> we went out in the trees and drank beer. <laughs> we did stuff that made the. What is these Forrest Gump say? <laughs> that made the. Maybe it's not Forrest Gump. That made the crawl daddies. Oh, or something. What was it? I don't know. We just went and tipped cows, but I, oh, I didn't do that. <laughs> I did. I was very mean to the cows. Now I feel awful that I did that, but it was a time. Let me tell hey, you, had to happen. So they're at the warehouse, and we get the details of this scavenger hunt. Basically, people are buying a ticket to the event. They get a card at the door with various tasks on it to complete for the scavenger hunt, and they have to upload a picture or a video of them completing this task to their Facebook page, and tag the band in it. And this is important because this is how Misha ends up finding Ryan. He's there and he's kind of doing his own little loner thing. He's like walking around by himself, looking at all of the uploads of people doing tasks. And he comes across this video of a little girl, not little girl, but whatever, this girl doing this task. But at the very end of the video, the girl screams the name Ryan, who is the girl, the other girl videoing her. And he's like, wait a minute. There's not a lot of girls named Ryan. I know this bitch. Especially like in our little close little towns that we live in. So he ends up going to the Facebook page and sure enough, it is Ryan Trevorrow. And he knows her full name because of course they're pen pals. He knows her address, all this stuff. And he's like, oh shit, it's her. This She's is my Ryan. Here. And I love his initial reaction. He's like pissed that she's hot. <laughs> Like, I, I love it. He's like, how dare she be this hot? I thought she was going to be a nerd. Yeah, he's like, like, literally, he goes on, like, I thought she was going to be a nerd, like, with, like, glasses and a Star Wars t-shirt on and, like, 
shy and socially awkward. And he's like, God damn it, she's hot. Like, no, shit. she's the life of the party. She is. And so he kind of is like, okay, whatever, whatever. But he's like, oh, she must be here to see me because, I mean, the band is everywhere. The band name, the people in the band, the videos of the band. He is like, he's so full of himself right here. He's like, oh, it's definitely me and my small town high school band. That's why she's here. (laughs) And she knows it's me. That sneaky girl, she (laughs) found me out. She broke the rules. (laughs) No, I'm loving it. I'm like, yes, Misha, she is here for you. Because who wouldn't be? I would be there for Misha. You would Mm. be. (laughs) Mm. So we find out it's Ryan. He's like, oh, yep. Where is she? I need to go find her. So he's at the bar. You know, there's a full bar at the high school warehouse with bartenders. Again, so <laughs> sick, bro. <laughs> that was like not high school. Whatever, whatever. We had I, hypnotic, I hypnotic I in a blue bottle. <laughs> like, what? Passing it around a circle. And he like makes a comment and he's like, they aren't, che- they're supposed to be checking IDs, but they're not. I'm like, uh, okay, really? Like, you're 17, dude. Calm down. So this girl comes up to Misha and starts flirting and says she needs a kiss for the scavenger hunt. And he looks at her card and he's like, oh, well, that's not on your card. In walks Ryan, her friend. And we now know this is Lila and Ryan. And he's like, oh, shit, she's here. She's like, oh, it's not for me. It's for my friend Ryan here. But Ryan's too shy. And Ryan's like, no, I'm just picky. And he, like, loves this reaction. Like, she's feisty. And he, again, thinks, oh, she's goading me. Like, she knows who I am. Like, she's being snarky just for me. Like, insert eye roll. (laughs) I just love it. And he goes, and he loves like, oh, she thinks I'm unworthy, but little does she know I'm her best friend. Hmm. (laughs) So then Lila's, like, called away to do, I don't even know what, whatever high schoolers do. Yeah, whatever these high schoolers do these days. (laughs) And it's just him and Ryan, and I love this because Misha is, like, so socially awkward. Like, he's not speaking at all. Like, and Ryan's like, okay, well, here are my other things I need on my list and kind of keeps talking to him, and he's just not responding. Staring at her. <laughs> and he's like, wait, does she really not know who, who I am? Misha Lair, she doesn't know who I am? And he's, like, in his head, like, how dare she not know who I am? Is she playing me? Meanwhile, Ryan's like rambling, talking to this mute in front of her. <laughs> Which is she's like finally the like best scene because I just see it happen because this is something I would pull where I'd just be like, "All righty, and I'm gonna go now, weirdo. This is my exit." <laughs> like, <laughs> she does. She's like, "All right, good chat. I'm gonna go now." But then Dane, his BFF, <laughs> saves the day. Dane, I love Dane. I don't even, we just met him, but I love him. He runs in and he's like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? This hot girl's talking to you and you're being weird. And he's like, no, like stay, let me help you with your, your scavenger hunt. And our next item on the list, she has to eat something lady and the tramp style. This is hot. Let me just Which was like, all right, guys, let's just back this up real quick. Um, This is when I had an issue when I was a child because uh, I would watch things on Disney and be like, oh, wow, that's really, that's what mommy and daddy do. (laughs) Oh, my God. I was like such a little pervert at a young age. (laughs) You thought Lady Lady in the Tramp was your sexual awakening, wasn't it? It it probably was because I was like, oh, wow. (laughs) That's 
that is spicy. <laughs> That's it, guys. Two dogs eating a noodle. <laughs> That'll get you going. You freak. <laughs> I did it. So. And then you pictured your parents doing that. Oh, my God. I was like, oh, that's what mom and dad do. That's how <laughs> you were made, Taylor. It's a spaghetti noodle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I will say, though, their version of Lady and the Tramp was actually really hot and spicy, though. It was. They, like, get real close. Oh, yeah. Dude, that he groans. Okay, anyways, let's back up. Dame's like, let's do Lady in the Tramp style. Misha, get over there and help the girl out. Like, I love how Dane's like, get your shit together. There's a hot girl. She wants you. Quit being This here. is our moment. Like, <laughs> this is it, dude. Don't be a fucker. <laughs> so he ends up grabbing, like, a marshmallow. And he's like, okay, we're going to do the marshmallow on a stick. And Misha is, like, still not speaking. Like, he's just... And I love this part with Ryan, though. She gets a little feisty, and she looks at him, and she goes, oh, my God, what did she say? She's like, um, oh, she's like, I'm coming at you with my mouth open. You got to show me you want it. (laughs) It's like a marshmallow, dude. Calm down. And Misha's like, oh, hell yeah, boner. Let's go. So they slowly bite this marshmallow. Their lips brush. (laughs) And Misha groans. He's like into it. I think there's so much groaning in this book. Uh, I I groan. Can I tell you? All day. I have such an issue when I find a word in a book and I stick on it. Groan is mentioned like I think 118 times. And you hate it. I did a word, like, you know, you can do like a, a word, word search. Count. On, yeah, word count on, about, of one word in on Kindle. <laughs> and I was like, say groan one more time. How many more times <laughs> do I have to go through this word to but get like, to the gro- end of the book? Gro- like, I was like, Jesus. <sighs> Whatever. I loved it. And they like kind of kiss, but like not really. <clears throat> and it's like this hot moment. And Dane knows Misha's like into it now. And I love how Dane, like, tries to introduce Misha, and Misha, like, hits him and is like, don't tell her my name. Which I would have been, like, freak. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Like, Dane's like, what the fuck it. is going on here, dude? But they kind of, Dane's like, oh, like, Misha likes this girl. So what does Dane do? Like, any wingman best friend is like, do you have a boyfriend? And she's like, no, whatever. You know, no one really, like, measures up. Except for one person, but I've never met him. And Misha's Bam. like. Oh, my God. Is she talking about me? No shit, Misha. Like, who the fuck do you think she's talking about? Like, you you because are the I most aware so person many... situation, and you're acting like you're clueless. But it's also, like, because, yeah, she probably talks to so many people she doesn't – she's never met in person, buddy. Like, this is <laughs> – Yeah. This is she a rare occurrence. pen pals. <laughs> you're, you're, not, you're not special. And then the chapter ends. There's a big moment. He calls Annie back from earlier when she was calling him, but she doesn't answer. <laughs> We finally have Ryan three months later, and we find out Misha stopped writing her. <clears throat> she yeah. hasn't had a letter in three months. And we see, we know that Ryan is Misha's muse, but Misha is Ryan's best friend and kind of her soundboard through high school, right? The only person that she has to be her complete true self that she doesn't have to hide. And she's just, I think he's just kind of her saving grace for her during this time because we find out she pretends in every aspect of her life, but not with Misha. 
And we get more of her insecurities where she's very, very scared of not fitting in. And she wants to be around as many people as she can and be popular and cool. And then, like, her bedroom, we get this really cool description. Like, she has chalkboard walls where she writes all of Misha's lyrics and poetry on it. She has all these pictures and posters. and But she's never shown her friends her room. Which is also, like... How cool. Like, my mom would have never let me do that, you know? She would have never let me put have chalk. She would have never let me have chalk paint. And I'm like... My mom would have never let me write on the walls. But I did have a lot of, like, things on my walls. I didn't. My mom... Like, scary things. My mom was like, you're really moody. Just tell me what I need to be worried. And I was like, we're good. What do you need to do? (laughs) Like, do you need help? (laughs) No, my mom, like, thought... She was the type of mom that... Um, she thought that when we left the house, there were people that were going to come and um, like do and look at our house. Like, you know what I mean? Like we would what? have intrude. Like she didn't think that, but everything was just kept. She wanted to look nice so, for the intruders? Yes. Like she literally <laughs> kept everything so clean. Like I had to make my bed in the morning and I, like if I wasn't, if I didn't make my bed and like set my uniform out the next day, like I was... I was grounded. Like it was not a joke. Really? That, but I also like realize this now that I'm an adult and like we all turn into our mothers. I am the same way now. Like I have a really hard time leaving the house without my bed made. Like I do it, but it hurts me. And I like put my, like my scrubs for work out in the morning. You You still lay out your clothes. I still lay out my clothes. Or like, or if I know I have like something big coming up for the week, like I'll hang like on my dresser, what I'm going to wear. Wow. I don't know why I'm trying to make it sound cute when it's probably yeah. just so type A, but. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I don't make my bed. I'm very messy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't do, do but that. Your house but your I, I, mean, I, I didn't have to when I was growing up though. Like my mom was yeah. like, whatever. <laughs> but your house is She really got cool. on me about it, but I was just too stubborn. I was like, whatever, mom. I don't yeah. – this is called art. My messy room is art, mom, okay? <laughs> this is me oh, expressing God. myself. It's my messy room. I hope I don't get – like my – what will end up happening to me is like when we have kids that are in high school, I will have a you. Like I will have a you. You, you will only be so lucky. <laughs> I, will only, I will have a you. Please call in Ann Hallie because you're going to need some help. <laughs> I will. Because emotionally, I was uh, it was a lot. Okay, it was a lot. I do want to say go, but you go, can no, go, go for it. Go okay, for it. No, what I was going to say is, when we are in this scene at the school, like, and you get when we jump to the school, I just want all the listeners to take just like one thing into note is that she already writes on her walls. Okay, go. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to leave like I, a little. I, yeah, I, 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 just, I know. I know where you're going. I know, this. but I just want a little like, breadcrumb. I just wanted a trail. <laughs> I love this. I love this. But I do like how she, I think this little thing that she says, like perfectly sums up who Ryan is as a person right now. And she goes, I learned a long time ago that you don't need to reveal everything inside of you to the people around you. They like to judge and I'm happier when they don't. Some things stay hidden. That's so and that's what she's doing. So she, she never tells anyone about Misha. Like Misha is her little secret that she can be herself with. She doesn't show her friends her room. Like she's so scared of being judged and being pointed out. She is like terrified of it. Like that's who Ryan is. And it really makes her a shitty person. It does. She's so a then, shit. She's a little so shit. So then like all high schoolers, she's sneaking out. She's like, oh, I'm going to bed, mom, bye. Then her friends Lila and Tin show up. 
to pick her up. And she sneaks out of the window, gets in the car, and we meet Lila and Tim. And Lila is like your resident it mean girl. She's Regina George. Like literally, that's what I imagine. She's awful. And immediately, like you can tell Lila and Ryan constantly like go at each other, but like in this like passive aggressive, like nice mean girl way. And like, those are her friends, but like y'all hate each other. <laughs> you do. And you're like, why are we, st- why are we doing this? They're outside her room waiting for her to sneak out so they can go to the cove. And she describes her friends as her suit of armor. And she goes on about how they are uncomfortable and they don't feel like her friends don't make her feel good. But she needs them because she doesn't want to be alone in high school. And she even goes on to say high school is like prison and you can't make it on your own. And having friends, good ones or not, you have a little power. And this is just like the core of Ryan's predicament. (laughs) Yeah, she's basically saying like, I could reveal myself and may not be popular, but I am popular right now. So let's not screw that up. (laughs) It's definitely like a trauma thing, which we'll get into later. But it's like she... I couldn't imagine describing my friends as like, oh, they're not good for me and they're uncomfortable and I hate them, but eh, better than being alone. It's so sad. Is it? It's just constant. Like, I'm going to say it's so sad so many times because I just feel like I, this book made me like look back to high school and I was like, I should have taken extra time. Like, I want to, I want to rewrite people in my class sometimes and be like, like what's on TikTok right now. And it's like, you're enough. You're enough. You're enough. <laughs> like, I, like I had so many times in this book where I was like, I hope I wasn't an ass. There are a few times when Ryan does certain things that we'll get to that like, I've definitely done that before. And when I read this book, it was like the biggest slap in my face of like, you were that kid. Like you were the mean kid sometimes. Like there was a lot of, I can say there was a lot of Ryan and me as well. Like, or I was in Ryan either way. And where I, I did, I had such a hard time being like, oh, but I really want to be this way. And I don't really agree with that. But like she said, it's better to just have friends. Than and to- high school is just so vicious. Like, ugh. Ugh. It is. and everything's it's a such a big deal zone. in high school. Everything's just so much more dramatic. And you're not emotionally developed yet. And you don't have all the tools that you have as an adult to look back and be like, you're lame. Doing what you're doing right now is lame. Being emotionally insecure in yourself and knowing who you are is the cool thing. Oh, that's why I love this book. It just brings it all back. And now you're an adult in therapy. That's, that's basically exactly. what, that's what See, happens now. Maybe if I would have known this in high school, I wouldn't be in as much therapy. Right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the, you, me, yeah, I'm in the same, <laughs> both of us. <laughs> yeah, like you. Okay. Me. <laughs> like, it's so true though. Yeah. So they're on the way to the cove, which is like this old abandoned, like theme park, I think like a Ferris wheel and all these rides. And they're driving down this dark street. It ends up being the street that Annie was running on. Yeah. And her best friend, Tim, is saying how he doesn't like this road. It was a girl named Anastasia Grayson was found dead on the road after she suffered a heart attack at 17 years old. So it just like freaks them out, I think. Yeah, it's just like a who dies at 17 and of a heart attack. It's just like this creepy, eerie feeling. And Ryan admits that she wrote to Misha about it since the girl and Misha lived in the same town, but he never responded to her. And we know as a raider, like, I immediately picked it up. Like, Anastasia Grayson, Annie, like, I got it. Yeah, I knew who it was. But, like, Ryan doesn't know that. No. So then they get to the cove and they meet 
we also meet Trey and JD. And this is like her crew. This, yeah, this is her like popular cool friend. So yeah, crowd it's they have. Ten, Trey, Lila, JD, and Ryan. This is like yeah. the the group of groups in high school. And Trey is like the boy version of Lila. Yes. The it boy, hot, he's mean as hell. He's a piece of shit. And but Trey likes Ryan or he wants Ryan to be his girlfriend. And they're like kind of dating, but they're not together. And Ryan They're talking. Really, yeah. Ryan really does hate him. Yeah. But she keeps Trey at a distance and kind of strings him along because he's the it boy. And if she she kind of fakes it because she doesn't want him to get mad and do something to embarrass her. Because he's known to doing that. He's known to like yeah. being really mean and being the bully. So it's kind of out of this like self-preservation that she's kind of stringing him along to kind of save herself. Well, and he's taking, he's this it boy that everyone sees taking interest in her. So in a way it makes her be this popular girl. Yes. Raises her like status and it yes. gives her more power. As your status thinks. in high school. Yeah. Your status <laughs> in high school. And JD is actually Lila's boyfriend. So we have Lila and JD are a couple. Trey and Ryan are like talking. And then you got 10 over here. Just The fifth wheel 10. And as they're kind of walking around the cove being just stupid teenagers, Ten and Ryan end up kind of wandering off to escape Trey. And they end up going into this room underneath, I think it's like underground, isn't it? It's like, yeah, it's like a it's, service Yeah, it's like entrance. where they, yeah, they like go down to like a service tunnel. Like it reminds me of like how Disney World like has those secret tunnels. These are <gasps> yes. like abandoned secret tunnels. Yeah. Yes. 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 And he's, yes. well, we'll get yeah. to that. They yes. end up going into a room. And it's really dark. There's no lights. And in the room, she noticed, oh, someone must live here because there's like a bed. She sees a picture of a watch. There's a notebook with lyrics. And she like kind of recognizes this handwriting in the book. But of course, she's clueless. Oh, my God. Ryan being clueless this whole time just really irks me. But anyways, they realize with their phone light, they see the walls. And it's kind of like a horror scene. <laughs> Yeah, there's just they so have like these big words written all over the walls and, and like, like spray paint. paint. Yeah, like spray paint. There's pictures of like people's faces scribbled out. There's like all these like creepy like poetry and song lyrics on the wall, and they're like, okay, this is fucking weird. Someone is going through it in this room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so they're like, we should probably go. But before she goes, she takes this piece of paper out of a notebook that has these like lyrics on it and it talks it's like a very sexual lyric about how this person wants to like lick a girl and she ends up taking it and it's like drawn to leaves. it like it's like yeah, yeah she, it, but this sounds, they do leave this but is like, familiar yeah she's like for some she even says like for some reason i'm drawn to this like she's drawn to these lyrics yeah so she takes the paper and they leave and she has this feeling that someone's watching her <laughs> And now we're back in high school and we get to see the high school halls, the drama of it all, where it all goes down. We're I imagine Ryan's point of view. Yes. And I imagine, I just have to tell you, the school is um, high school musical school. Like I imagined that's what the high school looked like. Like this big I agree. Like, columns. Like it is what you would think a public high school looks like in a movie. I agree. I completely agree. I'm just setting scenes over here. I'm just, yeah, I'm just yeah, setting yeah. the scenes. No, I love it. I, we need the visual of it. <laughs> so they're, Lila and 
Ryan are finishing up cheer practice before school, which I never had cheer practice before school, but apparently they so, do. I mean, I had like two days for softball, but I never, but that was in summer. So I don't know. This was odd. And it, At this school, yeah. they have 5 a.m. workouts and they have to shower and go to school right after. I feel like maybe we just, there's probably listeners that had that happen. Maybe yeah, we were probably. Just <laughs> yeah, probably. We grew up in the country. What do we know? We don't know, we don't know anything. How do we get? <laughs> we're how do we have degrees? <laughs> <laughs> so after like cheerleading practice, they're like getting ready for school. They're walking to the halls, and they start to talk about the recent school vandalism that's been going on the past month. And they call the person that writes on these walls "punk," a little punk. Old and punk. it's just a month of like this person sneaking into school and writes with spray paint. These like random little messages. And one of the messages that we first get is don't knock masturbation. It's sex with someone I love. <laughs> Which I just want to say that if this happened in my school, I also need to like preface what, how big my school was. Like I graduated 27 kids. So, um, what? Yeah, I graduated with 27 kids. Are you kidding? No, I'm not. I will send Holy you shit. I will send you my graduation picture with my whole class. We fit on I'm four shocked. steps. Four steps, four long steps, four four steps in front of our Catholic church. But if this would have happened at my school, the first message, we would have never stopped talking about it. Like this vandalism that is just happening, like it would be the forefront of everyone's mind. And it is. You're right. And it is. Like everyone is just like addicted to this. And every day they like are eager to go to school now to like see what the next message is going to be. Punk, punk, yeah, punk leaves. And so everyone's just kind of like scandalized by it, and they love it. And but they're kind of like, "Ooh, I want to know who it is, though. I hope they get caught." All this bullcrap. I do like how she. Like, they're kind of walking through school, and there's, like, multiple messages. There's one about masturbation. There's one about, like, FYI, your mom wouldn't date your dad if she can make that choice again. Which is, like, <laughs> you sit there, and you're, like, oh, God, do I need to text my mom and ask? Yeah, like, it like, makes them all, like, think. And it's, like, As an almost 29-year-old, oh. I'm, like, oh, mom, can we okay. talk about this? <laughs> but you kind of. I mean, I picked up on it immediately, even the first time I read it, because Ryan's kind of going through in her mind, and it's like, they always assume it's a he, not a she, and like... I will say, this book is predictable. I agree. It is predictable, but it's still, it's just so good. It's good. It is. At this point, we're, again, we're assuming you all read the book, or don't care about it, but Ryan is punk, and we get into why she does what she does later on, but I knew, like, from this whole intro, I was like, it's definitely going to be Ryan. Yes. It's going to be the cool girl, popular girl that ends up being this, like, punk kid that's writing basically kind of what, like, Misha does to her. Like, she writes these little, like, snippets, almost like her own little version of, like, music lyrics at school. It just leaves it. <laughs> yeah. So, her and, I don't know, her and Lila are just, whatever. There's little shit bags. Little shit bags, whatever. And in the middle of the hallway, she ends up going into an asthma attack. We find out she has asthma. And she ends up like running away and hiding. None of her friends know she has asthma. She like hides her inhaler, has this asthma attack. That's how deep, deeply insecure she is here. She won't even like tell her friends she has asthma. 
Like, God forbid I have a medical problem. Like, like yeah. <laughs> like, so it's like she has these asthma attacks, like hiding her inhaler. She finally gets to art class and like all of her friends are giving her shit about, I can't believe you're in art. She's like, oh, I know I hate it, but it's only a year. I'll finish it up. But she actually loves art. She thinks it's great. She goes to art class and who is in art class? A new kid. Oh, dun, dun, dun. Mason. That we know is Misha. Which I knew immediately as well. Oh, yeah. And she even says, like, she kind of, he kind of looks familiar. But she notices that, like, he doesn't have any books. He doesn't have any pins, a bag, nothing. Just hanging just out. sitting in art class. This new kid that no one knows anything about. But he kind of looks familiar. He's very dirty <laughs> and has a <laughs> lip ring and tattoos. Yum. And she's just eating it up. And then Trey comes in. He's not even in art class. He's just coming in to fuck with her. Just be about prom. Freaking, he's coming in like waving prom in front of her face, and is like, "Oh, you need to get a dress, and you need to do your hair this certain way." And then he kind of spins it on her and goes, "Oh, you thought I was asking you to prom?" And so, what does she do? She becomes a shitty person in this instant, and she picks out the little tiny emo Manny in our class. A little baby. He's just like... I love Manny. Oh my God. He just hasn't his... He just like hasn't peaked yet. And that's what makes me so upset. Like this this scene hurt me because I... So bad. I used to like... You know, we weren't like mean or anything like that, but like kids. But at the same time, like when you observe that and you didn't do anything, you're like, these are the kids I want to write. You still (laughs) feel like a shit person. I know. I want to... These are the kids I want to write. Ryan ends up like being the bully here and to save herself she goes oh no me and manny are gonna go knowing that when she mentions manny who already gets bullied trey immediately latches onto him and starts just being awful to manny like calls him a faggot like awful completely awful to him and manny's not doing anything but just like sitting there quietly trying not to have this happen to him probably also enjoying art class (laughs) yes like this is his time to save space and here comes this asshole and ryan just like throws him to the wolves to save herself because she doesn't want to be embarrassed and you know what we're not the only ones who's pissed because misha's pissed okay misha ends up standing up without saying a word stands up grabs all of manny's stuff grabs him puts him next to him slams his stuff down puts himself in between manny and trey and he's like protecting him and Ryan's like, oh, shit. New kid is, like, brave. <laughs> Standing up day one. New her. kid's got some balls. And then she, it clicks. She recognizes him from the warehouse. So then when they go to lunch, and, you know, the cafeteria in high school is a very dangerous place, apparently. It reminds me of the scene from Mean Girls when she's, like, describing lunch. Like, I agree. These are the Asian nerds. These are the rich Asians. These you, are the popular girls. Did you eat girls. lunch in, in the cafeteria? I, I, I had to. We weren't allowed it until we oh. were seniors. And then when we were seniors, we had the choice to go eat out on our promenade. Oh, see, my high school was, like, you didn't really have, like, a, a lunch class, like, a lunch time. It was whatever your free period was. Wow. Yeah. What, uh, but like, I, hardcore school did you go to? No, we had, like, a, I ended up having, like, the last two years had, like, two free periods. I would have one in the morning, like, around 10 or 11, which is, like, my lunchtime. And then, like, my last period was free, so I would leave, like, an hour early from school. Oh. 
Okay, that well then you. But need I, to- I was t- I never I never I never ate in the cafeteria. I would always go to the library and do my homework for the night. <laughs> No, you don't have to laugh about that because I, we got like extra credit for if we got our math homework turned in before the end of the day and like I sucked at math. So like during my free period or lunch, I was doing my math homework. Like I was still with my friends, but I was doing my math homework so that I could have it turned in. Yeah. Like I went through a stage, like the first two years of my high school, I had a lot of friends and like was kind of a Ryan. And then the last two, I kind of got on my own a little bit. I only had like one or two friends. Well, I feel like that happens, but then I also like felt bad because like I was a part of the Ryan, JD, Trey, Lila, 10 group. Like I was I, like my first two and a half years. Well, I was my whole high school time, but at the same time I graduated 27 kids. So it yeah. was like, yeah, a little bit different. Yeah. Like this is the, yeah, like yeah, yeah. all the girls were each other's friends. Like we had I like 10 girls and we were all friends because- that's so weird. You had to, like, who are you going to be mean to? Number nine? Like, listeners, please, like, message us on Instagram. And, like, I want to know your different high school experiences. I'm please. very interested in, like, high school experiences. This like, book took me back. So I agree. No, it did. Like, I love it. And I want to know, listeners, were you, like, a big high school? Were you the cool kid? Were you the artsy kid? Were you the, like, oh, I'm a loner? Were you a small private school where you're like, oh yeah, I was friends with everybody. Like my husband was a small private school and he was friends with this entire class. He yeah. was very much like you. That's how, that's how it was. Like we weren't really, I mean, there, we, everyone, I feel like everyone gets bullied. I mean, I got bullied in high school. It just happens, Same. but, um, it probably was I'm so fucked up now, <laughs> which I don't feel, but like, Allie, I feel like at your school, like there were so many kids that you could mm-hmm. have clicks and there was probably, I, I can bet and listener tells us, tell me this as well. Did you have kids in your class that you didn't even know? Like, that to me is amazing. I knew, again, I, compared to you, it's like a really big class. But where we we were, we were one of the smaller high schools. I knew pretty much everyone's name, but there was a lot of people that I had never even spoken to. That's that's what I, like, I want, you probably were aware of them, but like, you never, ever, out of four years, never had an interaction. That to me is crazy. You know, what's crazy. I, my best friend, we have a, we have a mutual friend, Maggie and Maggie and I went, she's my best friend. We went to high school together. That's right. And I never spoke one word to her. She sat behind me like in anatomy class. And like, I didn't ever speak to her like that ever. Is and then we went to college and so we were funny like, to best me. friends in college. Now we're like, we talk every day, but like, she always gives me crap. She's like, yeah, you were that like cool party girl, and I was like the quiet mouse behind you that you never <laughs> talked to. And I'm like, oh my god, was I? That's so mean. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyways, anyways, back to lunch scene in the cafeteria. Her and her little cliquish group are sitting at the table, and they're all staring at the new kid, Mason Laurent. And they start to kind of just like judge him without even knowing him. They're like, oh, he's dirty and grungy. He must be punk. Like he shows up now and he's the one that's been writing on the walls and they're making up all this crap. So Ryan is like, okay, losers, I'm going to go be a badass and I'm going to talk to the new kid. Because again, remember, she recognizes him now from the warehouse. She's like, oh, I've got some skin in this game. I'm going to be really cool and I'm going to be brave and go talk to the new kid. So I love this interaction. I freaking love it. I do too she, because she, you oh. know how I feel about licking. So go ahead. Oh, <laughs> if you, you want to know, listen to our last episode where she talks about seductively licking someone's neck. <laughs> so she walks over to him and she's like, you know, everyone thinks you're weird. And 
What an intro. Are you even alive? Like, you don't talk. And he's doing what he did at the warehouse. He's not even speaking to her. He's just silently glaring at her. And she ends up, like, inviting him to the drive-in, which I did not think was at all a nicety for her. I think she was trying to be the cool kid of, like, oh, do you want to go to the drive-in with all the cool kids? But, like, Like I think think she was, like, literally picking on him in this moment. Yes, she was. And she's like, oh, let me get your number, all this stuff. And he just isn't responding to her at all. And so he starts to kind of go to him. She's like, oh, do you not like girls? He ends up grabbing her, makes her straddle him, and says, I like girls. And then he licks her neck. Taylor, Mm. are you you good? I was – when I tell you, I don't know. I think it's just a new thing for me. (laughs) Um, Oh, we're getting worked (laughs) up today. I just think it's a new thing for me. And – like this whole licking thing makes me just it is so primal and like so like I lick my husband just for fun. Like I'll just oh. like stick I will. Like I'll just come up to him. And that's how you both got corona. <laughs> and now we know how we both got COVID. No. Um, but I do, I just like am, I don't know what it is, but I keep like I'll just come up to him, he'll come home and I'll be like, hey. <laughs> no, I, I get it. Um, when I get drunk, I, as you know, I, I know I, 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 I my party. Friends. You licked me. <laughs> I have a video of me licking your face on your bachelorette party. Like, I, it's a weird thing. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I totally get it. We're both fucked up together. It was a cute video. Just FYI, everyone, it wasn't weird. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll post it. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm definitely not. <laughs> so he's like, I like girls, and he licks her neck, and he goes, "But you taste like shit." Ooh, burn. Ooh, Mason but with the you, burn. This is what here it is. I did some thinking on this. At first, I classified this as like a bully romance. But as I thought about it, I think it's more like friends to enemies to lovers. Because the real bully here is Ryan and her crew. Misha is mean to her. But Misha is like this mirror to her. Of like, he's going to push back everything that she's doing that is so fucked up. Like, he really calls her out on like being a really shitty person. No, I think you're right. Now that, like, I just, while I was listening to you talk, I kind of, like, pondered that for a second. I do think you're right. I also haven't read a lot of bully romances with this being my first. So I thought, like, you know, in the way, and we'll get into it, but, like, the way that they speak to each other is what you probably would say is, like, the bully part of things. But you are right. They are definitely enemies to friends to lovers. And this didn't really hit me until, like, last night when I was, like, thinking about recording today and... Because when I first picked up this book, it was, like, it was branded as a bully romance for me. But, like, as I've, like, kind of digested it, it's, like, Ryan really is the bully here. And Misha is. He is brutal to her. But, like. But that's his character. But that's but, like, him. she needs it. No but, one else is, like, calling her out. No. And he is all the time. He's just pissed that she is this person that is awful. And, and I think like, and you'll watch this go back and forth a lot. Like when we get into more letters, he is pissed because she described herself in a way that is true. It is true. And now he's watching this and he's like, you're a scumbag. Yeah. Like you are not. Yes. So, yes. So, and I love this because the reason he says you taste like shit is because he's referring back to the piece of paper that she, he now, to me, like, this is him saying that, like, I know what you took from me because the piece of paper she took from him was about how the person writing it, Misha, wanted to lick her while she still tasted like her. 
And the reason why he says you taste like shit is referring back to the first to yes, this thing this that she first took time. from him. This but is she's like, like not picking it up. Like she yeah. doesn't understand. Cause she doesn't know that's where he lives or anything. No. That's why he says that. It's kind of referring back to this, which then leads to the next scene of when he's in her bedroom. God, and then you're he stands so up. smart. Oh, I just have to I say, you are so smart. Thank some of you. these, I did not pick up on that until you just told me. Yes. I really did. That's why he says that line. And that's why he eventually starts calling her rocks. Because she's just so dumb and clueless. Oh, you're so good. Okay. And it's because he's been like telling her these things the whole time. And that, that that's what he's referring. That's why he ends up saying you taste like shit is because at this moment he knows that she was in his room and took that. And it was that specific lyric that he wrote. So then he stands up and he throws her ass on the ground and walks away. And mm. everyone's laughing at her now. Like, she's my, my, my. How does it feel, Ryan? You came over here to bully me and embarrass me. And look what I did. Now your Put ass you in your is motherfucking on place. the flow. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so the whole day, she's like, God, people are going to talk about it on Facebook. They're going to, like, write about it and post it online and blah, 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 blah. Whatever. She gets to her locker later and it's vandalized. Everything's thrown out of it. Like, someone went through it. And the word empty is written on it. She an empty ass bitch. Dun, dun, dun. But it's because it was empty because he didn't find what he wanted. That too. So, later on, after her hellish day that she had, she goes home, walks in her room, and who is sitting in her chair but Mason Laurent? Mason Lair. Lar. Laurent. It's oh, Misha Lair. Oh, Misha Lair, Mason Laurent. Guys, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a lot of back and forth, but just no. That's okay. Misa, Misha slash Mason is sitting in her room, and she's like, what the fuck are you doing in my room? <laughs> Which, if I walked into that, I'd be like... Who left the door open, you freak? Like, get out of my house. day one and you're in my room? (laughs) Grippy. And he's in the room and he's looking for a locket and the paper that she took. And she's like, oh, shit, you live there. That was your room. But she's like, I don't know what locket you're talking about. Wait, let's just back up really quick. (laughs) You're the one that lives in the forgotten, overgrown, (laughs) disgusting old theme park in the Disney World. You have some anger issues, dude. And you have some issues because you're writing all over your walls. And I think there's bigger trauma here, buddy, that we need to discuss (laughs) because your room revealed a lot. And now you're in my room. So get out. Get out. (laughs) And... He's like, you, you know, you took this locket and this piece of paper. And she's like, I don't know what locket you're talking about. I did not take anything. He ends up finding the piece of paper. And while he finds the piece of paper, he finds her journal. And he's like, well, give me the locket and I'll give you your journal back. And they kind of get in this little scuffle. And she's like, fuck you. Give me my journal back, you creep. And what the fuck is this locket? Like, I don't even know what the fuck is. Yeah, she's like, what is this locket? They end up falling on her bed. (laughs) He ends up grabbing a pair of scissors and starts Cutting her hair. I because she will not give back the locket. But also, like, hair is a precious thing to me. <laughs> if you were to chop a curl, it would throw me off and I would be so upset. So when she freaks out on him in this scene, I'm like, this, I, a uh, girl, I get it. This is like, it's very immature, but it's also like psychotic. Like, you're cutting my fucking hair. I don't even know you. You're in my room and now you're cutting my hair. Like, entered my home. (laughs) What? And he ends up, you know, they get through it. And he's like, she's like, I don't have the locket. And she's like, oh, 10 was in that room with me. I bet he took 10 must have took the locket. And she's like, I can get it for you. And he's like, that's fine. I'm taking your journal as As assurance. Yeah. 
Like, just here's our insurance policy. Give me my shit. You get your journal back when I get the locket back. And she's like, fine, whatever, fuck you. And he leaves her room, but I love this. He tells her, I really like your room. Maybe if you were more like this at school, people wouldn't talk behind your back so much. Which is like, all right, Misha, here to fucking send the receipts. Like, he's just just like putting her in her place over and over and over. And I love it. I love it. I fucking love it so much. Like, oh, please be mean to me. I love a mean guy. You're nice to me. I don't want you. You're mean to me. I'm all over it. Again, I'm a soft bitch. So, like, if you're mean to me. I, I, and I'm a grudge holder, which is so bad. I'm working through it, people, but like, I, too. I, 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 th- I think we all are. Here today. <laughs> but like, please do not yell at me. Like, ever. Oh no. I'm like here for it. This like revs me up. I love it. It's like a power play. And I'm like, Oh, be mean to me. I'll be mean back. <laughs> so before, I want my man to be mean to me. <laughs> before he weird. leaves the room, though, like uh, he does say that to her, and uh, but as he's saying that, he's writing another word. Yeah, and he closes the door, and the word fraud is on it. So we are at empty and fraud. And alone was in his room. She's alone. alone in his room that he didn't write for her. Empty on her locker, fraud on her door. <laughs> Next day at school, she finds Tin. I love this interaction with her and Tin. It's really funny, but she like calls him a klepto and all this shit. And Tin's like, "How did you even know I had that locket?" And her like inner monologue is like, "Oh well, the new, you know the new kid. He snuck into my room and cut my hair and told me you had it. So yeah, here we are. So give me the shit. Thanks so much. Give it to me. Bye. I had a traumatic experience. <laughs> yeah, you don't get your hair cut last night. So she ends up getting." The locket, and she opens it, and there's a piece of paper that says, close your eyes. There's nothing to see out here. And Which, it sounds familiar to her. Of it course it does. Familiar. Misha already wrote this to you like 20 times in your freaking letters, bitch. Idiot. I'm going to get so heated. I, I hate her stupidity so much. <laughs> this I poor just, girl. Really this poor pretend it. character. She's just getting it from now. <laughs> Don't ever let me meet her. <laughs> I will set her straight. Every Ryan that Allie meets now, she just has like a freaking pendulum. Yeah, stupid. <laughs> Whatever. So Misha's not in art class, but he is in English class. And in English class, Ryan, again, is just being this like smart ass to her teacher, thinking she's all cool because she didn't read Anna Karenina. She watched the movie. And she's like just being a shit. Like, she's being that kid that's, like, trying to be funny in class and, like, cool because she's smarting off the teacher. And the teacher is, like, so disappointed in her and the way she's acting. And she ends up going so far to be like, oh, well, all the books in English literature you want me to read have to do with old men and young girls. And basically, like, ends up calling her teacher a pedophile. And that's kind of what she's getting at to embarrass her teacher. That's where she goes with this. But you know what? Mason's there. And what does Mason do best but put her in her place? So Mason finally speaks up because, you know, Mason is Misha. And Misha knows Ryan, like, the back of his hand. And he's like, um, well, he starts calling her out for, like, reading Twilight. Because he knows that Ryan is a big Twilight fan. Like, also, leave like it alone. Like we all were. Leave it like alone. Like we all were. You didn't need to go there. Like, I will say, when he's, like, making fun of Twilight, I'm like, that's probably what every Shut boy up. thought. But I went, like, Shut <laughs> up. You didn't read it. You don't even know. Shut up, you asshole. But he ends up kind of making this point of, like, oh, well, in Twilight, Edward is 100 years older than Bella. But, but it was fine, and you loved that because he was hot. 
And he says, shake your pom-poms, Rock. You just reminded us all that love truly is only skin deep. Mic drop. Boom. And he does. This is what he does the whole book. And it's so great. Where he he does that they're the banter that they have and the comebacks that Misha has are just so would have been so above me. <laughs> like <laughs> Misha's just like so like mature. Like yes. he is so sure of who he is and what he wants. And he just doesn't give a fuck. Like he's just like, you're an idiot, dude. Like Ryan, like fuck up. Fuck off, Ryan. Like if no one's gonna call you out on your behavior, then I will. And I, she needs it. She, she absolutely does. needs it. I, I so needed then, that probably. Oh, I, I need it today. That's why my husband calls me out on all my bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so then this whole experience, again, it's her deepest insecurity, right? She ends up having a full-blown panic attack and, like, leaves the class. Panic attack is ensuing. And we end her panic attack. We get this flashback from Ryan of the first time, really, like, she grew up being bullied, it is PTSD for her. Like she has a trauma where she grew up bullied and treated this way, which is why she's acting the way that she is in high school. And it's not an excuse. Again, it is an explanation. And we finally realized that she did have one friend though, Delilah. And if you thought that you were going to get through this episode without a musical number from me. <gasps> Are you going to sing for us? Hey there, Delilah. What's oh. it like in New York City? Wow. A thousand miles. <laughs> I don't remember it, but girl, Keep you going. look so pretty. Yes, you do. Wow. <laughs> that was it. That's Ladies and gentlemen, we will be touring with Misha and his band next summer. H and T. We will also be holding a scavenger hunt. So everyone, please come and support the band. <laughs> Taylor is lead singer now. I am. <laughs> that was beautiful. I Thank really you. did like You're that. Welcome. Was that Plain White Tees, I think? It was. Wait, yeah, it was. That was like a middle school jam. That was. Which wow, she probably really listened. Old. She probably listened to that. Misha definitely did. He did. So then after school, she goes to find Misha in the parking lot to give him the locket and get her journal back. Love this scene again. Like every scene they have where they're mean to each other, I love it. She's like, he's like, oh, I'm not going to give you your journal back. I'll do it later. And she's like, well, we had a deal. He goes, we did. But right now, I love nothing more than to piss you off. And he slams his door. Which is so just like, yes. It reminds <laughs> me of uh, Sweet Home Alabama. Because I'm pretty sure the husband like says this to Reese Witherspoon. Like, I love nothing more than to piss you off. And that's oh, all I hear. Oh, yes. Yeah. When she goes and redecorates the house. Yeah. And he like <laughs> slams the door. That's like the scene I see in my head. <laughs> Wait, and, Sweet Home Alabama. and the blinds. He can't. The he blinds. Keeps, yeah. He keeps throwing the, the blinds <laughs> And then he down. just rips the blinds off. Yeah. He yeah. storms off. Yeah. And she ends up calling. Okay. Anyway, I'm, I can talk about Sweet Home all day. We'll, we'll move on from that. But yeah, that, that's what I gather from this. Well, Ryan ends up jumping on his truck. And, like, everyone's starting to look because she's, like, trying to fight back now. And he's like, watch out. You're being judged. Don't choke. <laughs> and he just gets her all the time. All the time. Well, she ends up going and she's like, you know what, asshole? She ends up threatening him with, like, calling child services because she's like, you know, you you live, you're homeless. And it would just be, you know, it would be my civil duty to let the principal know that, you don't have any parents and you live alone and let me get in your business. You live you in out. an abandoned amusement, amusement park. <laughs> yeah, you live underneath the Ferris wheel. So. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. And so she finally kind of gets his dig at him. He's like, fine, I'll bring the journal tonight. So the next chapter, we're finally back in Misha's point of view and we can 
kind of see in his brain how he's digesting this new Ryan that he knows. And we really see how tortured Misha is. Little tortured soul. He is a very, very sad, tortured soul. He says that, like, he can't write Ryan anymore after he lost Annie. He can't really talk to anyone about anything because he's so, he's just grieving his sister so much. And I think he carries around a lot of guilt because Annie was calling him for help and he wasn't answering because he was with Ryan and at the warehouse. So you start to see kind of where like he has this conflicted thing with Ryan as well, though. Like he, I think he sees a lot of Ryan. Well, yeah, Ryan and his sister, but not in a weird way. And then this whole episode, that was the first time he met her and he was busy because of Ryan. Yeah. And He's like sitting here writing a letter to Ryan that we know he's not going to send because he's stopped writing her. But he's, you know, I hate this. Everything fucking hurts. And he goes on to how like he feels guilty that they buried his sister because Annie never wanted to be buried. And again, it's just like all these emotions now that you're seeing that he's feeling. And he even like writes to Ryan like, I want to hurt you. I don't know why. Probably because you're the only person I have left to hurt. It's true. Hurt people hurt people <laughs> that's yeah that's and right. he like moved out of the house with his dad because you know he they both were mourning and he even says like we couldn't do it together like his dad and him are not close at all we'll get more into that later but he's like you know every letter that you send that I don't answer to is the only thing that makes me feel good anymore and you want the truth that's it it feels good to play with you like this it gives me pleasure knowing you're thinking about me but wondering if I'm thinking about you because I never do which we know is a lie because he thinks about her all the time all the time. And he just keeps going. He's just being really brutal to her in this letter that he's not going to send her. And then he ends up at the end of it all. He kind of goes through and he's like, no, she's a liar and a poser and she's superficial. And that's not the Ryan I know. Like the Ryan I know is this like dorky little girl that sent, like Ryan like sent him $5 in the pen pal thing because he didn't have lunch money one day. Like, <sighs> She, Which is just like this fifth so grade break sweet. my heart. Like they argue about Kylo Ren and like Star Wars and like that's the girl that he knows. But now it's just this like per everything that he hates about people is now Ryan. And he's so mad about it. He's just pissed. He finally ends up like writing in the letter. I miss you every day. You're my favorite place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, buddy. Misha. And he even goes through and he's like, you know, she disappoints me because my Ryan that I know would never do what she did to Manny in our class and like bully people. And basically you're just getting this whole sense now of why he is being mean to her and why he hates her so much in this moment. And he always refers back to this cheerleader that we met in the letter in chapter one. And he's like, now it makes sense. Ryan, that cheerleader she was talking about is her, this insecure narcissist person is her and that's what he's seeing now i don't know he's back at the cove just kind of hanging out dane his friend comes back and we find out ever since annie died like the the goofy friend who's just like he's having this moment and then i'll enter dane here comes (laughs) dane talking about his date that he had (laughs) good little comic relief here but we find out that he quit the band when annie died he's no longer writing music he's no longer writing like he's not writing anything anymore and Dane starts telling him, you know, your dad's not looking too hot. When are you going to come home? Why are you, man. Yeah, why are you even at this school? I don't know what's going on. 
And he's like, I'm almost done. I just have to finish up one last thing. So now we know, we don't know why he is doing what he's doing at this school, but it's coming. Him and Dane end up going to the high school and breaking in. They're on this mission. Mission. And we don't really know why. Like they end up going to the principal's office. They break into the principal's office, the file cabinet, and he ends up finding this folder with Annie's name on it, which is like, why, why does Annie have a folder at a school that she never went to? Weird. We'll find out why, but yeah, as a reader, you're like, okay, this is getting interesting, but where is this going? So he ends up taking this file. Dane's confused. He's like, why are we doing this? And they end up leaving, and as they're leaving, they pass by the men's locker room, and well, 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 Lila and Trey are banging it out in the showers. Oh, yes, they Classic. are. So just to back up, readers, just so you know that – Lila is Ryan's best, let's put quotations, best friend in high school right now. And Trey is the guy that she's like, you know, leading her on and like kind of pulling around on a string. Lila is dating JD, who is Trey's best friend. They're fucking in a way that I don't even think I've been fucked that way. (laughs) Bullshit. Legs wrapped around the shower getting pounded into the wall. I mean, that's athletic. That's like, you could not lift me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, like, and if you I'm could, okay. I don't really want to be lifted. You're like, I'm, please, I'm good. Please put me down. <laughs> like, <laughs> I need two feet on the floor at all times. <laughs> yeah, just, four, just one. Just like, put me down. <laughs> but it is kind of interesting because Misha's like, oh, classic. I bet Ryan has no clue. Like, screw her. But then he also, like, d- he also kind of has a heart for her, too. He's like, I don't really want to tell her. That's kind of mean. But, it's just interesting. He's at war with himself. And then they come to the pool because, remember, Ryan teaches swim lessons at night after school. She does. And he's there to give the journal back. So he goes into the pool area and is kind of just like watching her, checking her out in her little bathing suit and rash guard. Which is just like a one piece. <laughs> like, <laughs> very, like not hot. He's feeling it. But he's he's like, like, damn. Come on, girl. Surf, board. Sir, so more. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I'm really curious to see what other songs you break out to as we continue. This is going to be interesting. <laughs> so we like come up, and of course they're like giving each other shit. She ends up. They kind of get into it, and he's like, "Oh, it's dark outside. Like, let me walk you to your car." And she's like, "You called me a cunt and cut my hair. You think I'd actually trust you to protect me? Don't blink too hard." Shit for brains. You might lose the last few brain cells that you have. Again, I was never this good at. Co- I'm still not good at comebacks. But oh, I these, was. This book. I was, thrive on I, this shit. I know you do. Oh, this is this is good. This is this is, this is foreplay for this me. This is Hallie's like, bread really. and butter. Like, please. And he's like shocked. He's like shit for brains. Excuse me. So what does he do? He throws her ass into the pool. But the please say, Hallie, like what he says, because in... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So when he first walks in, she's like finishing up swim lessons with the kids. And at the end of the lesson, she kind of like does something really fun with them. And she's like cannonball or washing machine. And cannonball is where she throws him, washing machine. She like spins him around really fast in the water. So then he looks at her out of the blue and goes, cannonball or washing machine? And she's like, what? And he goes, cannonball it is. And just throws <laughs> her ass in the pool. <laughs> Like, I love that. That probably was what that scene right there is actually one of my favorites. And you know, when you read books and you watch a movie play out in your head, like this to me is a movie. And then in chapter six, we definitely, if you didn't know, it was 
Ryan, you definitely know by now, unless you're just as clueless as Ryan is, um, which whatever. Poor Ryan. I'm, I'm really being hard on her today. You are. You're like, God forbid anyone be clueless. Yeah, God forbid anybody have a blonde moment that I have daily, but whatever. <laughs> Do you want to ruin Santa Claus too? Like Jesus today. <laughs> I was going to go over the tooth fairy, but you know, whatever. <laughs> then we're back at school. And Tin comes up to her at the locker and notices that she has blue paint on her hands. And again, if, dun, you, don't dun, know, dun, if uh. you don't know, you better know now. And she's like, oh, I was helping my mom repaint the bathroom. If you don't Bullshit, know, honey. now you know. <laughs> but what's interesting is that there is a message on the lawn that specifically calls out Lila fucking someone that's not JD. Because they are dating. Yep. And... Again, if you don't know now, you know, because Ryan even, like, is like, I didn't write that. Like, who wrote that? We shall see who really did it. So it's kind of like a weird, exciting day they're having with this new note that's finally calling out Lila and Trey. And they end up going to English class, and um, it's, it's research day. Did you ever have yeah. research days in high school? Yeah. I mean, but we weren't, like... Okay, uh, a vivid memory is, so our school, um, all of a sudden, when we were juniors, four juniors, they came up with a drugs class where we learned about drugs. Like D.A.R.E.? No, it was Drugs 101. What? <laughs> yes, so we would, ha- we would get paired off a lot, and we would go research about, like, weed, molly, cocaine, you know, ecstasy, all of these different things. And each day or every other day, a new group would have to present about these drugs. And our school thought if we knew more about them, that we would not do them. Cause you know, in our research, we would come up, you know, we would see the side effects. We would learn about addiction and like all of this stuff. We had a drugs textbook that one of our coaches had like personally made. So if you imagine this, he was home, late at night just researching drugs himself to then give us a textbook <laughs> so those again are my i'm getting most... like mean girls vibe of like the sex education like when you say you're coach like that's what i'm envisioning no, that's like, like, don't I'll... do weed you yeah. will get high that was, that was that but don't that was... do molly you will get high and you will die you will die and meanwhile exactly... just putting in all these like thoughts that's you know why we <laughs> went to high school and college and continue to do drugs because we learned oh about well them. great we didn't do drugs <laughs> just for like anyone who ever listens we we never do drugs um i totally <laughs> did drugs <laughs> i'm not i self- don't lie to my listeners i you don't lie self-incriminating this is the second time you've lied i well okay everyone i've done drugs <laughs> like, and <what>? anal <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> we are not going down this path. Go to episode one. Great I'm not. I just am not self-incriminating on that. But that was my biggest research memories is wow. researching drugs. Yeah, we definitely had these days. Like usually in English class when we were like doing our research papers, you know, they would like send you to the library for the class time and you would do all your research. But so their, their English teacher pairs them up in groups. And Ryan is with Trey and JD. And Lila ends up with Mason. And Ryan is just like, fuck. <laughs> yep. Well, and you see this moment of like, she's like, fuck, because she doesn't want um, anyone to figure out what's going on with between her and Mason currently. But 
She doesn't want Lila to start, like, flirting with him either. She's jealous. That's what I was going to yeah. say. She has a streak of jealousy right here. Yes, she does. So, like, on the way to the library, Trey, being a shithead, starts to try to fight Mason. And you're in Ryan's point of view. And it's interesting because she's like, Mason's not doing anything. Like, but he keeps looking at me like he's waiting on something. And it's just this weird thing. And the principal comes up, breaks it up. We're done with it. They go to the library. And while... Ryan is in, I'm going to call it the stacks. Is that, is that a cool term to use these days? Like back in the books? The, yeah. The stacks. <laughs> I know what you mean, but go ahead. You know? Wow. Okay. I'm only 28. I'm not that we had old, the stack, We had the stacks downstairs in Gorgas. Yes, we did. Did you remember that? And the dare? What was the dare, Hallie? <laughs> not getting into that. Okay, I'll say the dare. Um, so you go down into we had a big main campus library where it had a creepy ass basement where you would go to get like books that no one really ever needs, and there were no security cameras down there, so you would get freaky in the stacks. Yeah, we got free. Yeah, freaky in the yeah, stacks. Yeah, that was wow. What a time! But go ahead. What a time! <laughs> now I'm like way too scared to do that shit. Like oh, I am too. Like, please don't yeah. look at me. Let me get arrested for public indecency. Like, sure. <laughs> Let me get arrested for fucking in the middle of my college campus in public. This sounds great. Did you ever have sex in your high school? Yes. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> mine wasn't as – yours is like – I know yours. I'm not um, even going to get into the details we're not, of We're mine, not revealing stories, but – it. We yeah. Well, I'm maybe, not telling it. Maybe we'll maybe reveal it. Way, maybe like we'll have an episode like later on. Maybe if y'all continue to listen and give us reviews and we grow, then maybe, maybe we'll we have an episode or, where we like reveal some juicy details. Or I'll do it in DMs. I'll hit it up in DMs. <gasps> yeah, let's yeah. do DMs. If you yeah, want to know you our say high school sex story, DM me. I'll tell you all the details. That's a funny one. I'll tell you mine too because mine invites a choir closet. <laughs> In a Catholic school. Like, are you in a kidding? Catholic school. <laughs> Back and Ryan is in the stacks, being the good little student that she is looking for her books. And of course, Mason comes up to her, grabs her hand, and starts writing on her hand. And she's like, oh my God, stop. Get the fuck away from me. And he's kind of just confronting her and kind of like goading her. And, you know, he's like, well, who was Delilah? And she's like, fuck. You read my journal. And he was like, I didn't read your actual journal, but that name is written all over it. So who is she? And you immediately see this is like a sore spot for Ryan. And he's like, you know, who's Delilah? And then he kind of goes in and talks about the fight he had with Trey. And he's like, you know, I could have taken him and his friend. What was I waiting for? And he's like, maybe what Manny was waiting for when your boyfriend pushes him around, maybe for someone in their perky little ponytail and their short shorts What's to he grow a no, dick no. and stand up to the asshole. That's what it was. But what's he called the shorts? I love it. It's like, come fuck me shorts. Or yeah, something. my little come fuck me shorts. Yeah. <laughs> and it. he's like, maybe I was waiting for that girl to grow a dick and stand up to the asshole. Was that what Delilah was waiting for, too? Again, bam. He, the amount of I can drops. imagine like just like a dagger to her chest in this oh, moment yeah. because he calls her out so brutally. And it's so the truth. And we talked about this in the last book too. There's just like lover's sixth sense. He obviously he knows her 
from them riding each other for seven years. But again, it's this lover's sixth sense. Like she never mentioned Delilah to him. I don't think so. She doesn't. She never mentioned it to him. Because it's like her deep, dark secret, the thing she's most ashamed for, which we find out later on what happens. But yeah, he just completely calls her out. And again, it's like he is mean to her, but she needs it. Like it's like he's forcing her to confront these demons and how she's acting and how she's behaving. And even though it's in a very brutal way, I'm here for it. Like, she needs an attitude adjustment. She does. And I, like we said, like, I wish there was times, like, because I was a little shit sometimes that I wish I would have had somebody, be it an older sibling, because, like, I'm the oldest of five, and I'm that for my siblings. Like, I'm yeah. like, stop being a little shit. But, like, yeah. I've never had that. And I wish, I, I kind of wish I did. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think, like, as an adult, and we have our friends now that, like, I don't know, I know you have really good high school friends that you're still really close with. I do, yeah. I don't have anyone from high school that I'm friends with that I'm still friends with. Maggie. Maggie Maggie doesn't count because I wasn't friends with her in high school. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't count. She was a college friend. And now that I have my friends now, you know, the older you get, especially in your 20s, you kind of weed out the friends that you're not really going to put time into and they kind of fade out. But then you have your core group. And I think a really big part of being a friend, and I think we do this a lot to each other, but like – We do. It's your job to call them out if they're not being the person, like a good person. Like it's well, the to me that you know they job, can be. Yeah, and like to lovingly call you out of like, this isn't you, and why are you acting this way? And you were wrong. I think that is a very good quality. I think it's a necessary quality to have in like an actual friend is to yeah. be able to call you out on those things. And that's what Mason's doing here for her. She just doesn't know it's Misha. No, she has no idea. <laughs> So he ends up leaving her with, don't worry, I won't say anything. Your secrets are yours. You have to live with them. It's just so, like, it's and so he, brutal. It's so brutal. But, like, she's, like, not even saying it. She's just shocked. And he ends up grabbing – before he walks off, he grabs her finger that she was he was writing on and holds it to his mouth like he – like a shh noise. And it says shame on her finger. Mm. Oh. So we have empty. Alone, empty. Empty. Fraud. Fraud. Shame. And she's writing these words on her walls in her bedroom that he keeps, like, leaving for her. Yeah. Like, they're clearly striking a chord with her. They're getting to her. Ethan comes up behind him, shoves his head down on the table, gets a pen, and aggressively starts writing in the back of his neck. And Lila is like, what the fuck are you doing, Ryan? And Misha's, like, smiling. He's, like, shocked but, like, loving it. And she's, like be still I don't want this pen to slip it's like oh shit she's gonna try to stab she's, you <laughs> she's pissed you don't want to get that carotid artery in there dude you're gonna bleed out on the library table and the librarians are gonna be pissed that you bled all not over the books. books not the books <laughs> I would be too if someone bled all over my books I'd be pissed we're bookworms we know the value in I'd books be upset. so she ends up leaving and he's like what does it say and on the back she is written needles dick douchebag asshole Asshole. (laughs) which is and misha's like happy about it because when he looks around everyone's looking at ryan and he's like wow she finally did something in front of all of her friends and she didn't even care if she looked cool or not and so he's just like i like this version that i'm if i keep pushing her it's now like a game right I, i see this like kind of like light bulb go off in his head of like this is why it's so fun for me to go to her like this is because 
I start seeing the old Ryan that I know kind of come through. And I needle dick douchebag asshole. I mean, I just, wow. What a comeback for us. She went for it. Because I also say these things as a grown ass adult. So (laughs) like these are, if you're wondering like what my comebacks to my husband are, they're like, all right, needle dick. I'm going to start riding on my husband's back of his neck when he's asleep. And then he has to go to work with like all these things on his neck. Ooh, that's a great thing to do. Let me do that. What's wrong with you? I'm really messed up. <laughs> the, the thing I do though is like Steven is so like old school. Like he doesn't like um like uh, he doesn't take notes in his meetings on a computer. He puts them um on paper. On paper because he's That's a baby. Me. He's in. A, I know you guys are little babies, and he puts it in a spiral notebook. So I I put, I do that too. I put notes in his book, but they're funny. They're like stuff that when he turns the page, he's like, what the fuck is she on? And again, (laughs) here's the difference between Taylor and I. Taylor is rainbow and butterflies writing sweet little notes to her husband. I'm sitting here plotting, writing needle dick douchebag asshole into the back of my sleeping husband. (laughs) There we go. It's funny. I do. I like say funny shit all the time to him. It's so cute. I try. Oh, sweet. Anyways. (laughs) All right. We're almost done with this chapter. So... He's like, leave it. I want to like wear this like like a badge of, ar- armor, of, of honor here. And the principal ends up calling the library and wants Misha to come to her office. And we don't really get much from this interaction, um, but we do know that Misha hates the principal, has something against her. We don't know what yet. And he's like, oh shit, did she find out my my records are fake? I have a fake ID. I have a fake name. All this stuff. And she doesn't. She just wants to kind of get to know him. He's a new and student. Yeah, and he's just like, okay, asshole, bot. He clearly hates her, and we find out he's here for a reason. We just don't know what yet, but it has something to do with the principal. And that Trey is her son. Oh, yeah, we found out Trey is the principal's stepson. Yes. And he just hates both of them. But we there's a personal reason there we're getting, but we don't know why yet. So Misha leaves the principal's office, and like we said, there's a secret there. No one knows a secret. He's like, all right, I made it through this. Um, And he goes to do what he does best and goes and taunts Ryan at her locker. Because we're not done yet. Because we're not done, just because it was interrupted. So he, you know, is trying to clean off the needle dick. Needle dick, douchebag, asshole. Asshole. From the back of his neck. He realized and it's not as cool as what he thought it was. <laughs> he was like, I'm out of here. This is- All right, I'm an idiot. So they're having like some banter back and forth. And, you know, he reaches inside her locker and takes her scarf and starts to rub it to use it to clean off his neck. And she's like, that's cashmere. That's cashmere. And he's like, like bitch, I don't give a fuck. He does not care at all. And then we jump to Misha's point of view after this whole altercation. And you get, again, just this inner monologue from him where he is just like, my muse is fake. Like he is just reflecting on everything again that's going on with Ryan. And even though he hates what he's seeing, the incident in the library is where he's like, I want to see more of this Ryan. Mm -hmm. So it's like our moment where he's like, all right, game on. Like, everything like that. So then he finally goes back and visits his house. 
Yeah, he just like pieces out middle of the school day. Yeah, he's just like, I'm out of here. Leaves. So he goes to visit his house and we learn that he like does this periodically and he just like goes and sits in Annie's room. Um, And when he walks into his house, it's exactly what Dane said. Like, it's just in a state of just chaos. Like there's just, you know, old food. You can tell his dad is also just going through a hard grieving process, which is like so understandable because he lost a kid. And- You know, he also doesn't have a partner to go through with that because his wife left. So, you know, he's just going through it. Misha starts to have these, like, just feelings of kind of guilt for his dad. But at the same time, we, like, see that they've never been able to talk. And he, like, goes into this. So he goes into Annie's room. He's kind of looking through everything. He's, like, smelling her, like, fabric softener on her clothes and... He's missing a sister. And that was like his person. Like, you know, when you're a child of divorce or just a child that, you know, didn't grow up with, you know, either mother or father figure in your life, it's like just this moment of my siblings are it. So we're back. They're home. He's doing all these things, just kind of be there with his sister in a way. He's looking at the mail, though, and he realizes, oh, Ryan has not wrote him. Yeah. So he would come back to see kind of everything going on, realizes that it's been six days. Ryan hasn't written and he gets a little upset. Like, all right, bitch, you're not writing me anymore. You made these damn promises. Yeah. He like gets upset, but then he's also like, shit, maybe I pushed her too far and maybe she finally gave up on me. And then she feel, then he just feels guilty of like how he's treating Ryan. And he even goes so far to be like, Annie would deep, Annie would be disappointed in me if I treated badly. The only person left who loved everything about me. Yeah. And then he hears the he keys goes and rattle. Gets the scarf. He goes well, and gets the scarf. He goes and gets the scarf, but he hears the keys rattle before that. And he realizes his dad um, is home. Oh, that's and right. So he hides back in Annie's room and his dad is just like aware of his presence. What I, I don't, we don't have kids, but I imagine that like, you know, when someone's in your house. Yeah. His dad. Well, I think because he left Annie's door open. Oh yes, that's right. Yep. So his, and but that's also not like, normal. again, I think you just like, but I do that now. Like I always know if someone's like, even in my house, like it's like, yeah. Oh, someone's here. Like I'm, I'm aware. Yeah. And so he like comes in and Misha hides cause he doesn't have a, relationship with his father anymore and he doesn't ever really want to talk to him. He doesn't know how to talk to him, right? Yeah. And so his dad comes in and sits on Annie's bed while Misha's hiding and he starts just kind of talking to Misha and it's just like, you finally see why they have the relationship that they have and it's because Misha was always kind of, I guess, he comes off as kind of like this like hard kid that he had. Like, Annie was so driven and a ray of sunshine and you had Misha who was always like wearing jeans and Tattoos to family events. And, like, he was the artistic one that his father just couldn't ever really relate to or, like, know how to talk to. And so they always had this, like, struggle. But Annie was kind of, like, their their middle person. But when Annie left, they there was nothing left for them to really talk about anymore. And Yeah, they didn't have dad, a common bond anymore. Yeah, and his dad even goes on to say, you know, I never could talk to you or understand you. And then he ends up taking – some responsibility of like, but I also stopped trying to. And he starts crying. His dad starts crying. And Misha doesn't say anything, but yeah, he's like they're really affected by this conversation. Just so like we just make it clear, like he is hiding, but again, like his dad is just sitting there because he's he knows, like he's like, Misha, are you here? You mm-hmm. know, like he calls out to him and it it does. It's just like this moment where you have to realize like 
parents are just trying to figure it out too. Yeah. And that was what was just like so heartbreaking for me. And like sometimes, I mean, it definitely is, I think, easier because I'm really bad at communication, like especially with like my family or like my husband or anything like that. Like it's always easier to kind of say these things when you're not face to face. Exactly. So I think because like Misha hit and it wasn't this, I think if they were face to face, this conversation would have never happened or not even a conversation. This we really would have argued. His dad. Yeah, I think they would have been bad. Them. Yeah, it just would have been bad. So it's a so, great scene. And yeah, his dad ends up leaving, going back downstairs. They he leaves and goes back to school because again, like Misha just does whatever the fuck he wants, and he well, just he grabs the scarf from Annie's room because now he feels yeah. bad about ruining yeah, Ryan's he, scarf. So he goes back to school, and he leaves this scarf in Ryan's jeep with a note, little note that says, "You look better in blue," Aww. and also. This isn't stolen. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't steal this. <laughs> so thanks. <laughs> and she, he goes back to his truck and realizes that like it's, it's been just, just destroyed with paint. Someone took a paintball gun and, and, and they wrote bag on his car. On his truck. Despicable, disgusting, disgusting humans of what this is because it's just like typical bully behavior. So he sees this, he's pissed. He immediately knows that it's Trey. Like yeah. he, there's no doubt in his mind. So he like, and like I've seen a parking lot fight like a like at school, and that that was like my hype day. Like I was like fight, like in I, the parking lot, I, let's go, fight, fight, fight. Like I'm over there, I am. The peanut gallery. <laughs> like, You're the one sharing it on. Yeah, I'm like, please, hit each other. Come on. <laughs> Don't be a pussy. Yeah. Get up. So Get him. Goes, so he goes and he finds Beats the shit out of Trey. Oh, yeah. He, like, punches him, throws him down, like, marches across the parking lot. They have this issue. Then Trey's mommy, the principal, rolls up, breaks up this, and is like, what is going on? Blah, 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 blah. And, you know, Misha's like, your son rode on my truck and you think that there's going to be a moment where there's finally like Trey gets his little, what his punk ass deserves and he doesn't. And fucking because Ryan, Ryan jumps in and she's like, no, 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 it was me. I did it. It was me. And you just like, again, this is a movie. Cause I just imagine Misha's face being like, what is wrong with you? Like, well, then he ends up going on and goes, oh, well, it must be because her prom date was about to get in trouble, but she couldn't let that happen, could she? It would be too humiliating to show up to prom alone, stupid girl. Like, he's pissed. Oh, he's so mad because he's like, let this motherfucker get what he deserves. <laughs> like, I yeah. love how I'm also calling, like, it's probably a 17-year-old kid a little motherfucker. <laughs> like, but he is. Like, but he's I'm such... like, he's just underage, and I'm like... His balls are, like, non-existent to me. Yeah. So... This all ends up happening, and she's like, principal, whatever, whatever. Like, don't be upset. Like, I'll take care of it. I'll clean it. So she turns to Misha, and she's like, I'll take you to the car wash. I'll pay, I'll pay for, for it. it and I'll we'll get it cleaned. It. So they go in the truck. She has also grabbed the scarf that he gave her. And, oh, my God, this fucking kills me. I hate this, this part. part. And she kind she's of like, I don't want this. Him. Yeah, she throws it back to him. I don't want this. You, you know. Especially when it smells like some other girl's perfume. So you should let your skank know she left it in your back seat. And he's just like, you bitch. Such a bitch. Because 
he it was from Annie. It was Annie's scar. And he even says, like, in his mind, like, a part of me, like, I was on the tip of my tongue to tell her it was, like, my sister's. And he even says that he likes the idea of Ryan having a part of her. And he goes, what a dumb idea that was. Because why would I want a vile brat like her to put her hands on anything that belonged to Annie? Which folks? Vile brat. That is a very good way to describe Ryan right That now. is exactly what she is. And I just, it's just so, because we know the backstory. And obviously this is a play from the queen herself, Penelope, to make you just feel like, God bless it. Mm-hmm. And, but even though this scene happens and you feel so sad, Hallie, it is time for the smut to begin. So we get to the car wash. And Ryan gets out, and she is like Jessica Simpson in Dukes of Hazzard. It's like the cliche <laughs> car wash scene from Misha's like, point of view. Yeah, it's like she's, this hot girl is like rubbing her body all over my Ford Raptor. <laughs> she's just got the water. There's water, and, the and, and them titties are shaking. <laughs> And he's getting turned on. He is very turned on, even though he hates her. Well, she notices that he's checking her out. So she like goes to spray the car and it splashes him. And they're like flirting each o- with each other and everything. Misha gets they out of the car. They get a little water fight. Yeah. He gets out of the car, takes the sprayer from her. And she's like, oh my God, Misha, or Mason, or whatever. Yeah, Mason. Like, Don't do it. And she leans back in the seat to get away from the him. The backseat of his truck. Because the we doors know are things open. happen in the backseat of a truck. We do. <laughs> and he. She starts like laughing. And it's kind yeah. of this like first moment they have this like lighthearted, where they're not fighting, but like she's like laughing and like they're kind of enjoying each other's company. Yes. And he notices that like she starts breathing really heavily. And that they're just like staring at each other. And they're getting they're- really close to and each other. We mentioned it before, but Misha uh, has a lip ring. And that yes, becomes and Ryan is obsessed with it. She is. So she, you know, is staring at him. They're exchanging these glances, and then she licks, licks that. <laughs> she licks it. And guess what Misha does? Your favorite. He groans. <laughs> this is probably groan number seventy-two of the book. <laughs> and he keeps groaning the whole time. Oh my and so God. she's like kind of like biting his lip and like kissing him. But like he's not kissing her back. He's just like letting her like have her fun with him. Letting her explore. Then he starts kind of like touching her. Like clearly we're about to have a hot steamy moment. And then interrupt Until him. fucking little motherfucker Trey rolls up. up. <laughs> he does. And they, you know. Where's my girl, bro? Yeah. What the fuck? Where's she at? And Misha, he gets rid of Trey. And then you just like. I'm so glad that Ryan gets to hear this one point because I feel like this is what every high school girl needs when you're like wrapped up around with like a fuck boy because everyone's had their own experience with a fuck boy. And he, when Trey is leaving, he kind of shouts back at Misha and is like, you can have Ryan when I'm done with her. And it's so just like, it's so sick, but I also am like so glad Ryan heard it. Yeah. Like, she knew he was a fuck, but now it's like, come on, girl. That's who you're dealing with. That's who you want to surround yourself with is a man that does that. Yep. And Misha's like, what the fuck did he just say? Fuck that. He can't have her. She's mine. So we get home. It's been, like, maybe a couple days, Hallie, you think? Because she starts daydreaming. 
I think so. She's having, yeah, she's having, like, what dreams about. Yeah. Well, she goes on and, like, says, like, she always had these, like, dreams about Misha, but he was always faceless because, of course, she's never met Misha. But she ends up, like, putting Mason's face, which we all know is Misha, but she doesn't know that. So she starts having these, like, instances where she's now fantasizing about Mason instead of Misha. And she feels bad about it. Yeah, she feels really bad about it. And she's kind of just in her room just kind of going through all that. And she starts confessing that, like, how the truth is she's thinking about him a lot and she doesn't know why because he's, like, really mean to her and, like, always telling her what she's doing wrong. And she even goes on to say how, like, she's never felt danger in losing her heart to someone like Trey. But with Mason, she could see that happening. And so she's, she's, it's like this guilt for someone she doesn't even know yet. Well, because like she lost, she thinks she's lost Misha. He's yeah. not talking to her anymore. And now she's now, all this time she spent wrapped up in Misha, she's starting to spend that time wrapped up in Mason. And she just feels like she's losing Misha even more. And she feels guilty about it, but then she's also pissed because Misha's ignoring her and like she doesn't know what to do. So what does she do? She gets fed up. She gets fed the fuck up, and she go, she's like, I have his address. Let I'm me just go. make sure he's not, like, dead. Like, I'm just going to go ride by his house, and that's all I'm going to do. So we get to Misha's house, and she realizes that Misha, like, rich, rich. Like, he rich, rich. Like, gated community mansions. Yeah, it's, we, this is not a joke. And so, she's like, excuse me? Yeah, like, I did, you didn't have lunch money, bruh. <laughs> and it's like, but it's like kind of this cool thing of like Misha's so mad at her for like lying about who she is and whatever. But it's like, okay, but Misha, you were like raised in like the rich of the rich. Like you were not completely innocent here. Yeah. And so she's like getting this, like, do I even know him? So even she takes it a step further and she's like, you know what? Actually, I'm not going to just ride by. I'm going to roll up to the house. She, she, she knocks on that there. door. She knocks on the door. His dad answers. And like any high school person, I mean, I do this now when anyone answers the door and I need to know something and I'm like, hey, <laughs> don't mean to bother you. <laughs> knock a knock. And Excuse me. <laughs> he's like, hey, like I'm a friend of Misha. I just like wanted to like make sure he's okay. Like, Is he here? Heard- and he's like, oh, well, if you're a friend, then you should have his number. And she's just like, okay, well. Is he here? <laughs> like, And then she finds like, well, is he just like, okay? And he's like, yeah, he's fine. And she, she's like, and he pissed. closes she's the door. Like, like the dad yeah, just closes, closes the door. The door. <laughs> like, and fine. she is just like pissed. She's like, he's fine. He's alive. Everything's normal. Nothing's changed. She's just choosing not to write to me anymore. So she kind of has this resolution of like, you know what? I'm kind of done with this because I was feeling guilty about all, you know, with Mason and everything. But like, screw this. Misha has my address. If he wants to come find me, he knows where I live. I'm done waiting out for Misha. You're caught my people, buddy. Yeah, have your people call my people. So the next thing we see is that we're at school and Mason sees Ryan like talking shit to her friends and 10 notices that Mason is like looking over at them. I can't and, stop looking at her in her little yeah, cheerleading uniform. Yeah, he's just kind of like checking her out. The, the eyes are being made, and she's just like, whatever. He can keep on looking. He's not going to get it. He's never going to get it. Like, okay. And 
she's looking over and like is realizing like he's got a crew. Like he is with his his tattooed emo piercing emo crew. Crew. And she's like, oh, he's got friends. Sick. Cool. <laughs> yeah. And, but they're kind of like talking shit about him. Yeah. They're like, oh, cool. He's with that type of crowd. So what does Misha do? Mason, Misha, he gets his 7-Eleven big gulp cup and throws it at the trash can. But really, he hits them with the drink. And Soda goes all over them. Ryan, mainly. So she's pissed. She's like, ugh. Like, I just imagine it being like, ugh, as if. Like Like, the most girliest thing, you know? Yes. So she's, like, pissed. And she's like, all right, whatever, what? Like, fine, everyone. Like, I got to go deal with this. Like, I'll meet everyone at lunch. I love that Mason, though, like, walks up to her, though, and goes, sorry, Rocks. He's still calling her Rocks, but she hasn't put together what why he's calling her Rocks. (laughs) He's like, sorry, Rocks. Didn't mean to make you dirty. And, like, smiles at her. Totally. Mm. Like, hee, 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 about the car. Mm. So she's like, all right, I'll meet you guys at lunch. I'm out of here. I'm going to go clean myself up. As she's walking to the bathroom, here comes Mason, pulls her ass <laughs> into the physics class, and they go into full-on makeout. He puts her against the wall, picks her up, wraps her legs around him. He stares down at her. I love this entire thing. He goes, this cheerleading outfit is fucking lame. And she goes, funny, because you couldn't see him take your eyes off me in a minute ago. And then he just attacks her face. Bitch. Yep. And then mid, mid he goes, bitch. And she goes, loser. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. This is so, what I need. This is passion. This is mean passion. Nope. I'm going to let you get there in a minute, Taylor. I already know you're probably in disagree here. But you know, I'm a true believer. And there is a thin, thin, paper-thin line between love and and hate and this is what's happening they think they hate each other and it looks like they hate each other but they're just fucking in love and they're obsessed and they're all hot and horny with their teenager emotions and oh okay you can have your moment now (laughs) so this is where i just like i love what's happening Like, I love, he pulls her into the classroom. I love this, like, teenage romance love because I had that There's a butt coming. There's a butt coming. But I, I, because I had this myself where it's like this, you're just, (sighs) you're exploring everything together and it's like, Mm -hmm. ooh, anything they do is like cute, whatever, whatever. I cannot stand just the name calling and the bully bit of it. Kind of makes me cringe. I, Hallie, I am a soft ass bitch. Okay, I, I, I know, I know. So this is like what I have realized in my (laughs) my one only bully romance read is that it is really hard for me to like name calling and being mean (laughs) to each other. Wow, I just I have no words. I mean, I respect your opinion. It's wrong but i respect it either way i'm just kidding (laughs) no you're not i'm i'm not like i am i get it but like yeah so that was just so good to me now you know how i feel when we get into the rest of the book that's that so they keep Mm. like just dry he moves her to the chair (laughs) and she straddles him all sexy she's like dry humping him and they are just and wow. I do. I'm like, I was living vicariously through her. Like I, in this moment, because like it brought me you back. You also to wanted my... to dry hump somebody in school. 
I, that's what we're getting to. Yeah. I love dry humping. In, in the choir closet. <laughs> Fuck you. But yes, like I loved like this little bit of like, I remember being there. I remember. I remember just like being so hyped up on hormones. That anything was hot. Like a flicker would happen and you would just erupt in flames. You know, oh, like it took nothing to go there. Like getting into my like high school boyfriend's Tahoe and like crawling all over to his lap. Like he didn't deserve that. No, but, but you did. Woo! But man, you did. <laughs> and I love this banter that they continue banter. And he's like, this is just, well, this is just Misha Lair. Calm down, buddy, because, wow. He goes, did you think about me this weekend? And he bites her lip. And she was like, she's like, you wish. Oh, I love it. And he's like, you were talking shit to your dumb friends, weren't you? Like, calls her out talking shit. And here we go. Like, wow. He goes, I never wanted to teach someone a lesson as badly as I wanted to teach you one just now. I should have walked over flipped up your cheerleading skirt and started going down on you right there so they all know what you really like. Yummy, yummy, yummy. Sweet Lord. Like, if I would have had those things said to me in high school, um... I would have been ruined. Ooh, I would have been ruined. I would have been ruined. It would have been a moment for me where I actually probably would have been speechless for the first time in my life in high school because I was a fucking loud asset. <laughs> I would have been you like, speechless? What? <laughs> so I would have. It would have been hot and heavy. But, oh. then, but, but Hallie, say the line. Say what he says to her at the end. He ends up like winding down and then, because you know, he didn't just make me drool enough. The asshole that he is and leaves her with this line. Now do me a favor and go in the lunchroom and sit in Trey's lap, would you? I'm going to look while your fucking prom date has no clue that I just had that ass grinding my cock a minute ago and walks out. She's, she starts crying. Bitch, you deserve it. Because he's mean to her. This is what I'm talking uh, good. about. Good. I know it's good, but like this, like I would cry. I would have cried. So after all that hotness... We get back to Mason, who, well, Miss Mason, Misha Mason, who is back at his, his home, sweet home. His the, theme park. His theme park, Mason Land, Misha Land. <laughs> Misha Land. And he's sitting on the broken down Ferris wheel by himself. He's like writing a song. Being the moody artist that he is. Yeah, and he's kind of going back and forth. And then we get his inner monologue of where he's like, I got to get out of here. Like I, you know, this is going too far with Ryan in a sense. Like I love what I'm seeing, but I like, I need to stay on plan about what I need to do. So he comes up with this plan to get something out of the principal's house. So AKA Trey's house. And they have something that as readers, we're not revealed to what they have, but the principal's family has something of that belongs to Misha that he wants back. And he's like, I really want to be around her. I could go see her, but she's just a lot, and I'm really tired. And he's homeless, and he wants a shower. So what does he do? He goes to the high school to he's use fucking the showers. <laughs> like it's so ridiculous to me. Like it would just never. Fly. I'm sorry, my high school would know if we were sneaking in using the lockers. Like they lo- they lock all that up. He gets in the shower. He gets out of the shower. He hears the security guards because the school now has security guards because of all the vandalism. And he's like, Oh fuck! Gotta get so out of here. Off- 
Yeah, he takes off running the physics lab. He gets in the closet. He thinks he's alone, but he's not. Because guess who's in, in there? there? Ryan, of course. And now we get confirmation that Ryan is, in fact, punk. Because he sees all the spray paint, and he's like, holy shit, goody two-shoes cheerleader girl is the one being a badass, vandalizing the school. Who? He's like, he's he's just, he's amazed. He's like, Who would have thunk? Yeah. My little punk star. Yes. Let's do it. So they go back and forth a little bit. She's like, please, God, don't say anything. And he's, he's like, why are you two different people? Like, yeah. stop. Like, this version of yourself is way better than whatever you've been acting like. But, of course, the security guards are there. They start coming in the room. And he's like, we got to go. So he grabs her hand. They leave and start running to the library. When they get to the library, back in the good old stacks, he realizes Ryan is having an asthma attack. And he ends up, because he knows Ryan with all the letters, he knows that she has an inhaler. So he goes in her bag, gets an inhaler, gets it to her, and he's holding her against him as she's having this full-blown asthma attack. And he feels bad because he's like, shit, I should have listened to her. She tried to stop me running. I, she could have died. Like, he's feeling guilty. It's a really sweet moment in between them because he's, like, really worried about her. She kind of gets through her panic attack or asthma attack. And they, of course, can't be nice for long. Never. They, like, get back in this little argument and to the point where, like, he keeps questioning her about why, why is she doing what she is to this school? Why is she two different people, really? Yeah, and, like, why are you vandalizing things? And she finally tells him, I don't want to be alone. And he's talking about her friends. She's like, yeah, they may hate me, but they respect me, and I can't be invisible or laughed at. And she's like, I just want to fit in. And he tells her, everyone wants to be accepted, Ryan, but why do you write on the walls? And she says, Misha. And he's, like, holding his breath, like, oh, does she know who I am? Or, like, what? And he's, like, what, what do you mean, Misha? And she's, like, well, that was my way to vent before. And now Misha's putting it together. I stopped writing her. I was her soundboard. So this is her way of, like, getting out. What she needs to say. Anxiety and what she needs to say as a person is now that's what she's doing because, and he feels such guilt because, like, I abandoned her and she's struggling and this is what she's doing because of me. And he kind of takes on this responsibility and she's kind of like questioning him, like, so why are you here? And he, like, won't tell her anything. So she goes to, like, scream with the security guards to get him in trouble. And he ends up grabbing her and they fall down on the floor. What do you think happens? And here to we go again with some spy scene scene. Let's talk about smut. Let's talk about this freaking library scene because holy shit. They start going at it. And the only way I can explain it when they are making out is like when you have the hunger as a high school kid. Like the hunger and lust of a high school kid. Like I'm getting this, hot now. Just this is your it. first. Like I think about it. Like sneaking out to my boyfriend's Tahoe and getting in his car and getting like ten minutes to be able to make out before my mom realizes I'm out of my room or out of the house. And he has to make those ten minutes count. And he's back. And they've got the security guards looking around the school, and they are just. In yeah. the heat of it. And so let's not set the scene. And they're not they, being mean. They fell down. Ryan is like in front of him, back towards Misha. And Misha is, she's like moving around trying to get out of his hold. And it's, of course, rubbing against his dick. So he's getting hard. And he's like, stop 
moving. Stop. <laughs> I'm going to attack now. now. <laughs> and she's like, fuck you. Like, they're kind of fighting. And then finally, the security guards come in and he whispers, like, what are you going to do? Are you going to turn me in? And she just lies there, getting all hot and heavy because they're rubbing against each other. And her rash guard rides up and he tells her to pull up her shirt. She's like, no. And he's like, come on, you like a little danger. And she does. She does. She starts grinding into him. The security guards leave, but they don't stop. They start making out. He starts, he puts his hand in her underwear. We have contact. And we're done for. And he's like basically fingering her and he goes, you're not my business, huh? You're so wet around my fingers. That is my business. Again, if I would have had any high school boy say this to me, undone. I would have been ruined. No, no, no. It gets better. Let's see the next line, shall we? She's like, oh my God. Oh my God. And he's like, she's like, no. And he goes, why not? You think your friends will hate you when they find out you're a slut who loves getting finger fucked on the floor. I would love to. And she responds, yes, I'm afraid they'll find out I like it. Oh my God. I wouldn't be afraid. Oh my God. (laughs) I would not be afraid. Oh my God. Jesus Christ. I'm sweating. Like I, (laughs) I am. Let me guess. Taylor didn't like it because he called her a slut. No, I actually really liked this. Oh, good. You're not. I told you they weren't being mean. Like he He wasn't like. Yeah, but like. When are you not being called a she slut? She doesn't cry this time, so Taylor <laughs> appreciates it. I'm like, yeah, call me slut. No, I'm saying, but it is. Like, it is, again, vicariously reliving memories of my life where I was like, oh, buddy. Oh, damn. Even in college with my current husband. Like. Back in those days. Woo, when we had two minutes in galettes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the back room. <laughs> we had two minutes in the, two minutes at the, at the bar, bar we, we worked, worked at. at. <laughs> yeah, we both worked at. We had those two minutes, and you're like, okay. Dude, get in the closet. We got two minutes. <laughs> we got two minutes. Show me what you're made of, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Make a woman out of me. There's <laughs> 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 a lot of things. <laughs> Yeah, so she ends up taking off her, shir- her shirts, and he's just he's he's loving the boobies, and they it's just hot. And they he wow, but they don't have sex. No, he just fingers her, and she comes, and then afterwards, you know that kind of like awkward moment, like right after where you're like, okay, what now? She ends up. I love this. She goes, "You started it." <laughs> So if you're expecting a blowjob, then, and he interrupts her, then I know where to get one. You're not my first rodeo. And it's like, you have to ruin this hot moment now. We're back to being mean to each other. Now we have to be rude and mean. And she's just like, wow, okay, asshole. So she gets her shit. She stands up. And she leaves. But he leaves this, like, train of thought to end right here that just sets the pace for the rest of the book of where it's going to go. He goes, Trey's game is on Saturday, so I have a couple days to kill until then. If she wants to play, I can play. Done, done, done. And, and we're about folks, to get into some more smut. Let me tell you, you got to tune in for part two. That is the end. Um, so we'll pick back. We were halfway through this book. We will pick back up 
with episode two. So be sure to listen. Please do. And after you listen to episode one, if you don't want to move on to episode two, just call, well, part, part one, part two, you can talk to us on Instagram. Please DM us. Please comment. Please do whatever you'd like. Leave us a like. Leave us a review. Tell us your beautiful thoughts, comments, and concerns. Yes. Our Instagram is at Let's Talk About Smut Podcast. See you next time. See you next episode. Bye.